what we always said from the very beginning when Pat got drafted by this team. What I love about this young man is the fact that he embodies something so rare that you don't see in the NFL very often. It's this, that you have someone so talented and so smart at the same time. That's why people loved Peyton Manning so much coming out of college, because they knew this dude had all the physical abilities to lead a team and win football games based off his talent. But it did not end there. In fact, it only went further. It was his IQ. It was his ability to break down things like that. That is who I think Patrick is. Do I think he's got a good personality? I think so. I don't know the kid that well, but I think that he's got enough personality and pizzazz to him that people are going to be drawn to him naturally. But I think the fact that he's so talented and he's not going to just rest on his laurels, he's going to continue to work at it and get better and better. I think Pat embodies both a great football player and a great human being. And that's why I think, and I have all the confidence in the world, this guy's going to lead us to not one but multiple Super Bowls. Hell yeah. Patrick Mahomes has got that it factor. All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. Tuned into the spoken spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Foolish Club Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Episode 54 is in full swing and full motion. We are so excited, so glad to have you joining us. We appreciate you taking the time to be here with us, three morons. Because we like to talk sports, and if you like listening to sports, I guess this is the podcast for you. Um, again, thank you all for being a part of this since the beginning, since uh, since wherever you got here. We just want to thank you for that. Yeah. So uh, I want to I want to start with something, and it, it, this is something I really. I mean, we we started the show off. We started last week's show off with something that I'd like to pick right back off of in this week's episode. And yes. It has everything to do with LeBron James. So strap in, folks, because I know this excites you as much as it excites me to speak on it. Last week, I went into detail as to why the goalposts can no longer be moved for LeBron. How he has proven himself time and time again, and why it is time for even the greatest doubters to come to the light and acknowledge what he has done and what he is still doing, and that he should win him the MVP. Well, this week on several different radio shows and talk talk shows on TV, I heard pundits such as Chris Broussard and Frank Isola attempt to not move the goalposts per se, but discredit, rather, what LeBron is currently doing this season. Broussard came on the herd on Monday and went to battle with Colin Cowherd when Colin championed for LeBron as to why he is the MVP this season by using the same lazy-ass narrative Isola used on the Dan Patrick show on Wednesday, and that is the Anthony Davis narrative. Both Broussard and Isola, in their own words, compared AD to Giannis's second-best player, which we know to be Chris Middleton, and how that takes away from LeBron's overall value. But what they both conveniently left out is a couple very important facts, and that's what LeBron has done without AD and what the Bucs have done without Giannis this season. In the eight games that AD has missed to this point of the season, the Lakers are 6-2. 
And in those games, LeBron has averaged 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 11, in, 11 assists in that span, which is two points higher than his season average and is the exact same in rebounds and assists with AD in the lineup. In other words, LeBron and the Lakers have played just as well without AD as they have with AD. But Lance, what about all the opponents they played in those eight games? Well, I'm glad you guys asked that question because thank you, thank you guys very much. Welcome, I really appreciate it. Yes, yes, I appreciate anytime, it. Anytime, anytime. Here are the few teams. Here are a few teams in that eight-game span that the Lakers had faced without AD: the Pacers, the Mavericks, Thunder, Rockets, and Pelicans. What do all those teams have in common? They're either playoff teams or they're teams playing for a playoff spot with a budding superstar that's just now getting in his rhythm in, the, in Zion Williamson. And the Lakers went four and one against those teams without Anthony Davis. What about the other side of this when it comes to the Giannis and his team? Well, it might sound strange to you if I told you that not only is Giannis currently 74th in minutes played this season, whereas LeBron's 10th, despite, I'm sorry, LeBron is 10th, 10 years older than Giannis this season. But also, the Bucs are 5-1 this season without Giannis. What teams did they play in that span? Well, I'm glad you guys asked that question too. I really, I really Absolutely do appreciate welcome. it. Yes, they, I really do appreciate it, guys. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Here are three of the teams they faced in that in that six game span: Pelicans, Pacers, and Magic. Again, playoff teams or teams fighting for the playoffs with a budding superstar in Zion Williamson. They went two and one in those games. The conversation doesn't end there. No. We also have our national guys making real and consistent, albeit effort, to ensure all of us. That the Clippers are, in fact, the best team in L.A., the best team in the West, and will, in fact, represent their conference in this year's finals. Depth and star power with the likes of Paul George, Patrick Beverly, Marcus Morris, Zubach, along with the proven champion in Kawhi Leonard. By the way, do you guys know that the Raptors went 17-5 and last season without Kawhi Leonard in the lineup? and are currently this season on pace to have more wins than the regular season they had with Kawhi Leonard last year? Crazy. We've been told all along that they're simply the better team when it comes to comparing and contrasting with the Lakers and seeing that the Clippers have yet to lose to the Lakers this season, it almost seems as that's just the truth and we just need to accept it, correct? But I have been on the side that, to me, seems more logical. And hear me out for a second. The side of believing that LeBron is the ultimate difference maker, the best, most valuable player, But it's not just that fact. In fact, put that aside for a second. Because star power in bunches always, and I mean always, rings true. Pun intended. (laughs) Whenever we have seen two of the best players in the world still at the peak of their powers join forces, they excel. From MJ and Pippen, to Shaq and Kobe, to Kobe and Powell, to LeBron and Wade, to KD and the Warriors' big three. We have seen forces to be reckoned with win and win a bunch. When I first heard the news that Anthony Davis was going to join LeBron in Lakerland, I remember speaking to both of you and saying, they're winning it all. And I meant that. I wasn't caught up in the moment. I I genuinely believed that because you can't give me two of the top five players in the world and not expect rings. Then we learned later, later on the summer, that Kawhi Leonard would in fact join LeBron and AD in L.A. Only he'd be playing for little brother, and he's bringing the very good, not very great Paul George with him, and I couldn't help but laugh and almost be angry for Kawhi's career and legacy. A career 
and legacy that I believe has gotten a ton of unwarranted praise and appreciation. And let's not pretend as if Kawhi isn't a superstar talent because he absolutely is. But the amount of games he missed every season, which, by the way, in eight fewer seasons than LeBron, has missed 78 more games in his career than LeBron has. With that considered, my only thoughts and feelings on the Kawhi move was, well, that was stupid. I remember talking to you guys again, both of you, Trevor and Eddie, tweeting and talking about it on this very show, about how this was the worst decision of Kawhi Leonard's career. Not because it wouldn't work out for the Clippers, not that they wouldn't find some success, but Kawhi decided to join forces with the very good to battle against the joint joint forces of the very greats. And that is what, to me, will be the ultimate difference in making out who makes it out of the West, regardless if they ultimately face each other, to make that decision. But with all of that considered, I have one request to all of you that think and believe differently than I do on these two particular topics. And that's to keep that energy. Keep telling yourself, me and everyone else, that Giannis is the MVP and the best player in the world. Keep telling yourself, me and everyone else, that the Clippers are the better team and will represent the West. I ask you to keep that energy because when LeBron once again shows that he's still the best, most valuable player in the world, I want you to remember that same energy you had about Giannis. I ask you, keep that energy because when LeBron leads the Lakers out of the West, I want you to remember that energy you had about the Clippers. Don't excuse it. Don't try and downplay it. Lean into it. Be content and confident in it. Lay in that motherfucker, that bed that you made, and keep that energy all the way through. And when we revisit these topics, you may not have a pair of W's that await you, but I promise you, you'll have a pair of L's that I promise will suffice. So let's get your guys' thoughts on this real quick, because I really like to keep talking about this. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about the current situation? Because the Bucs and the Lakers are about to play. Yeah. They're playing tonight. After this recording's over, they're probably going to already be tipping off. And there is a proven ground for the Lakers. I will say that. The, 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 the Lakers have the toughest two-game stretch of the entire season coming on this weekend. You have the Bucs in L.A., and then they play the, the Clippers, I believe, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. This is a tough time for the Lakers. I told Trevor before the show, I believe the Lakers are going to win both these games. I truly believe that. And the reason why is this. Everything I explained, plus the fact that LeBron is downplaying his MVP calibration right now. He's downplaying it by saying that that's not what motivates him. But if we're all going to be honest here for a second, you don't think for one second that year 17 LeBron wouldn't love the fact that he got his fifth MVP against a 25-year-old superstar and Giannis Antetokounmpo? Trevor, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, and it's, too, the the irony in all of this, too, is when when you flip the tables and you look in, Le- in the hindsight of LeBron's pass and when he wasn't getting MVPs to be in a lot of the people's excuses were because he was in the weak East. Oh yeah. He was the number one seed and he was by far st- statistically the best player in the league, but yet Steph is getting unanimous MVPs. Why? Oh, because he's doing it in the West, right? Even though his numbers weren't better than LeBron's blah, blah, blah. LeBron's numbers aren't better than Giannis's entirely outside of the assist factor. Uh, maybe, well, that's probably, I think that's about it. Always oh, beating him in right now. But as far as the impact on the game, it's, 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 like you said, you, you talked about that when when Giannis is on and off the floor, the Bucks are still a very uh, could still win the East without Giannis. I, I have no doubt in that. Even if they don't get the number one seed, I could st- I could still see that team making a strong push in the in the in the, the playoffs without Giannis even on the floor. Um, you take LeBron off his Lakers team and they're doomed straight up. Period. And that's how the majority of LeBron James games have become because I mean, part of it too is because of the dependency that LeBron does so much. You know, with his 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 uh his value over the replacement player of his, so I mean that's that's not a surprise to anyone who's followed his career. 
Um, but yeah, for me, I personally do believe Le- LeBron is the most valuable player. I think Giannis is having the best year because he's one upping his past season with, uh, I think he's averaging more points, assists and rebounds this year than he did last year in his previous MVP season. So that in itself is ridiculously impressive as far as statistically. But again, I go back. We, we, we use the same argument, but not for LeBron, but against LeBron. And that to me is where the goalpost, like you said, the goalpost continues to move because it's not LeBron, it's Giannis and everyone wants to see Giannis get back to back, you know? So, and it's the same thing with, with uh, Kevin Durant when Kevin Durant won his first one, I felt like LeBron James should have been MVP that year as well. Um, but Katie, we know was with, was, was with the thunder and, you know, that was a very good team, but we all saw what happened to them um, when it counted. So, um, like I said, though, for me, it definitely MVP for me is LeBron James. I don't think he's going to get it, unfortunately, just because of the statistic prowess of, of Giannis and, and the hype around him. He's the young up and coming great that everyone wants to crown with all due respect. You know, it's warranted. But in, like me and you both are on the same page here. We both believe that the impact of between the two players of what they bring to their team is what makes you valuable. And LeBron James is the most valuable player. I mean, there's not, there, I mean, there's not my, I'm losing my words. I'm losing my English. <laughs> Spanglish. Not many, there's not many things to, to like, you know, take away from me, each player. Uh, LeBron's doing his thing. Jonas is doing his thing, man. Yep. It's kind of like the Russell Westbrook MVP. He had a, he had the first uh, MVP triple-double, I, I believe, in, in NBA Average, history. yeah. Yeah. He averaged throughout the whole season. He did the same thing. The following year, he didn't get MVP. Mm-hmm. I get, I get that. Uh, Jonas, ja- Jonas, is that what it is? Giannis. It's definitely not Janice, like uh, last time we talked about. Giannis, 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 yeah. He's having a better stati- statistical year, but just because you're having a statistic uh, st- of better st- statistical, statistical year, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> doesn't doesn't automatically give you a. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, hence D Rose when D exactly. Rose won it over LeBron, that was some bullshit. Now, me, I I despise LeBron as a player, not as a human being, because he mm. does so many great things in his community. Despise, and, huh? Yeah, I just hate him as a player. I don't know why. I, I just it, it's kind of like that Tom Brady thing, you know? Like you have to put up with all them LeBron fans. It's like, mm. oh, I'm not a I'm not I'm not a Cleveland fan. I'm not yeah. a Miami fan. I'm a LeBron fan. Like. It's pretty common like, in the NBA. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, like... I think you uh, saw my love set, actually, Trevor. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's a Stars okay, League, man. It's pretty common KD, in the NBA. Like, I'm an OKC fan because of KD, mm. Westbrook, and Harden. When they were when they were in OKC, that's when I was stationed in Oklahoma as well. Yeah. But because I, I came, I became a fan in, in of OKC, that doesn't... Like, if it just doesn't feel right or doesn't sit right with me to change teams because, oh, hey, KD moved... He was my favorite player. I gotta move with him. Mm. Uh, that's just I don't I don't see that. I don't I don't I don't like how that works. Yeah, coming from from a soccer perspective. I was gonna say yeah that that makes sense. Yeah, so that at me like in the way I was raised and all that stuff. I mean that that's why I despise LeBron as a player mm. just because of his followers and the people that are behind him. But you cannot deny the fact. That at 35 years old, if I'm not, I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. he's 35. He's so you're having, 17. He's having one of his best seasons of his career. Leading the league in assists. Yeah. So you cannot, you cannot deny, you cannot deny that. Yeah. And, and I mean, with with Giannis, you can't also deny the fact that he's having a better statistical year than he had when he won the MVP. 
So for me, uh, I'm divided. If if LeBron was to win the MVP, he earned it. He he deserves it. Giannis to the Giannis wins uh, the MVP. Like I said, he deserves it. He earned it. So I'm gonna go with if either one was to win the MVP, I'll be completely fine with it because yeah. they're both showing this season that they're really the most valuable players. Who do you think's gonna team. win it? Uh I'm gonna go with what you said because it's it's something that we've we wanna see, something mm-hmm. young, and we've never like we want him to be that great. You're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Giannis just for the simple fact that he's younger and mm-hmm. people wanna see him you know, be that superstar and be, be better. And it matters too but, this, this finishing stretch of the season. Exactly. Who, yeah. who outshines so, but like who. I, like I said, no discredit to LeBron. Uh, if he w- if he wins MVP, I'll be completely fine with that because he earned it. He yeah. deserves it. He, he's shown it throughout the season what he's capable of at 35 years old. Yeah. But at the same time, you cannot discredit Giannis for what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to, I want to clarify the, the approach in, in my opening monologue is, it's not necessarily let's let's try to compare who we think is necessarily the MVP because I think we if we look at raw numbers it is Giannis yeah uh, because of the fact that he has been more statistically dominant even considering the fact that LeBron yeah. is averaging over twenty five points and eleven assists a game which is at thirty five yeah just for in any year of your career yeah. to be able to do that no I mean, one's Steve, even done that Steve at Nash never did that yeah. uh, Magic Johnson never did that like uh, Jason Kidd guys like that never did that their whole career and their whole entire career so LeBron's <laughs> doing it assuming at the end of his career. Um, and, and that's, that's, so it's, it's the impression or the impressive side of things, the impressive factor that yeah. you have to, it's the moving of the goalposts. That's the most frustrating something thing. That, something that Colin Cowherd, who I do believe is the best of what he does. Something I didn't agree with because he does believe LeBron should win MVP. Something that he said that I don't agree with is it's the better story, which it, I agree with that, that it is the better story, yeah, yeah. but I don't believe that should factor in. I hate the fact that it has factored in with guys like Russell Westbrook and and, and James Harden and guys of that nature that yeah. believe that they should be MVPs based off of storylines. Mm-hmm. I don't think storylines should factor in. Should be emotionally driven. But if let's say, let's say it was, yeah, it is valid more than in, in any other particular situation because of the fact that you have to acknowledge that losing Kobe Bryant in the season is a massive thing for guys like LeBron James and for Laker nation. I mean, the pressure on top of you on, yeah, everyone, everyone in LA just lost their hero. That's what I'm saying. And now now they're all looking at you to to, 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 fix that wound. Exactly. Not in the entire nation or LA is looking at the Lakers saying, you better win this shit for Kobe. So that just knocks more pressure. Especially with this Clippers game coming up, the pressure on that game is, it's regular season game. There's so many factors against LeBron, his age, He's played three seasons worth of basketball in the playoffs in his career. The fact that he has all the mileage, all his age, uh, again, Kobe Bryant, again, Laker Nation who hated LeBron all the time. He's in the West and he's in the first season. He's in the West, yeah. All the pressure and expectation of they got to win a championship. You know, he's in in Laker land. You got to win titles there. They haven't been to playoffs in six years. Like, there's so much. And I'm sure I'm forgetting things that our our listeners are probably naming as they listen to this. So the storyline is clearly in LeBron's favor. The reason why I believe he's the MVP is because of what I just stated. The fact that you're talking about a guy in the West that we talked about last week that no one, you know, the narrative was he cannot dominate the West like he did the East, and he's doing that. He's doing that exact thing statistically and in the win-loss column. He is by far 
and Trevor nailed it. It's 100% true. You take LeBron off this Lakers team and Anthony Davis is the best player, he's going to get his points, he's going to get his rebounds. This team is not a thir- the top three or four seed in the West. No. They probably don't make the play. I mean, they may make the playoffs, but the West is such a high demand on getting to that 45 to 50 win record. Well, I don't have confidence that the AD could be that premier guy to lead a team to 50 wins. And we saw that in New Orleans. Exactly. We saw that and he had Boogie Cousins alongside him. Exactly. Another he had superstar Drew player. He had, he had yeah, that's Ray, a great team. Rajon Rondo closer to his prime than he is right now. That's a good roster over there. Yeah, exactly. Had good a, shooters. And, and let's be real. There was no pressure expectation. They weren't on a bunch of primetime games. I don't think AD's built to be the guy like that. I just don't. The, the championship the championship expectation wasn't on Anthony Davis when he was right. in New Orleans. It's not even on him now because yeah. he's not even the man of L.A. That's my point. You take Giannis off of the Bucks right now. They Again, 5-1 record this year. And we've seen it with other Eastern conference teams and they lose their superstar they continue to excel look yeah. at the raptors i mean my god the sixers are not a great team this season because simmons and Embiid have been yeah. hurt yeah but the fact is is that even with that you saw i watched the game this last week mm-hmm. clippers versus sixers everybody thinks the clippers are just a way lamb because their three best players are out of, their two team. best yeah. players are out of the game you have tobias harris and a bunch of scrubs right yeah. shake milton goes out there and drops over 30 points on the clippers yeah and then he bought out against the lakers too that's my point is that yeah. you, in the eastern conference see, that's so funny and trevor said it earlier it's so funny how the narrative always was the goalposts well, of always course moving, lebron's man. dominating it's in the east yep. and then Giannis is doing the exact same things lebron was doing he's got better numbers in the West, and, and he's number one in the West. And it's funny, it's bullshit. Gian- Giannis won MVP last season, no. doesn't even get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Or Yes, he did. I'm oh, sorry, they, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah. They lost to the uh, uh, Raptors in six games, I believe it was. Mm, yeah. Got worked. It's a great they absolutely got yeah. worked. And you can have made the case the Bucks were the better team, and they had the best player on the court, even with Kawhi Leonard considered. Yep. Kawhi, so, Kawhi was so locking him up. Where are those questions? Where, where, why are we sitting here going? Because I love Giannis. For the record, I, I think he's one of the best players I've ever seen play basketball. Without a doubt. But the problem is, is we're not holding him to the same standards. So with that considered, I have to equate value differently. Mm-hmm. I have to sit here and say, okay, if I don't hold this guy to the same standard I hold this guy to, this guy to the left must be more valuable. Because you're expecting more out of him. You're expecting him to carry the load even at 35 years old. And he's doing it. In the tougher conference. And this is why I brought up the whole goalpost scenario. Because what else can you say? Yeah. What else can you say? They're 47 and 13, the Los Angeles Lakers. It's exhaustion, man. It's just it's pure exhaustion by fans that just don't want to see. They want to see another face get it. They're tired. LeBron, I mean, when LeBron won four back-to-back, the, the, the league was like, and fans were just like, okay, that's enough. Like, I, you, he should have won six back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. You know, like, that should have been a thing. But... Like you said, the goalpost, man, it, that's the most frustrating part to me about this whole situation is LeBron, LeBron was in the East right now, and he was he was first seed, but Giannis was doing the exact same thing he's doing, but he's second seed. Giannis is probably going to get it because, oh, he's 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 up, he's one-upping who he did last year, but he's in the East. But le- the whole thing about LeBron, what, he always all his numbers were so great, but yet his numbers are at an all-time high. He's having one of the best averages in his whole entire career, leading the league in assists in the West, and is number one in the West when no one said he could – everyone doubted he could ever do it. Oh, but he needed AD. That, that, it's fine. <laughs> Look at any team that's successful right now does have multiple stars on their team. It's fine. But it's yeah. When it comes to the Clippers thing, real quick before we take a break, because we're going to talk more NBA later on in the show. So don't don't get discouraged, our, our NBA fans. We had a lot of people hitting us up this week about talking more NBA, which I 
I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Clippers side of this whole thing, the reason I was so adamant about that is because it is a foregone conclusion to so many people that yeah. the, the Clippers are the better team and they're going to roll through the West. And right. because they're two and zero against the Lakers so far this season, and that means something because I guess the Bulls of the mid two thousands beating the Heat every year meant something. Oh, they're treating no, them. No, wait, yeah. wait, the Bulls didn't make the finals all the time. <laughs> oh my bad. So they're, they're treating them like the like the Cavs got treated a few years ago when they were like the fourth seed, but everyone knew they're going to go to the finals because they had LeBron James, right. right? But now LeBron James is in the West and he's the first seed in the yeah. West, and now everyone's doubting him. And now? the narrative, the narrative, how does that make any the, sense? The counter narrative to that is well. The Clippers were not building a team for the regular season. Yeah. yeah, no shit. Neither were the Lakers. Yeah. You really think they built this team to win the regular season? They're trying to win championships yeah. here while LeBron is still playing at the peak of his powers. So, like, this 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 narrative that the Clippers were built better than the Lakers or they're built more for championships, again, name me the last team that won the championship without a superstar player. No. You can't. And the, and the Lakers have two of the five best players in the NBA today. This is why, from the very beginning, when Kawhi decided to go to the Clippers and decided to move on from the Lakers and not ever take that initiative, I sat here and laughed because I'm like, look, Paul George is a damn good player. Yeah. But we know one thing about Paul George. He comes up short in the playoffs. And then, and that's why I love that, that quote by Nick And he's Wright. not an elite player. Oh, he's not. He's, he, not, he's, had, he's, had, he's had elite moments, but he always fails in the playoffs. Exactly. Either way, I love that quote by Nick Wright when he talked about how the Clippers, which is, is head-on accurate, the Clippers are built to stop LeBron, but they have absolutely nobody that can stop Anthony Davis. Well, they, they may be, quote-unquote, built to stop LeBron. Well, they have three guys that can guard LeBron, I, I believe. That, that's fair. Guard Kawhi, him. Kawhi Leonard Not is, saying they can stop him. And, and, and LeBron's entire career, no one has guarded him better than Kawhi Leonard. For sure. Nobody. Yeah, and, and I, I will mean, give Kawhi all that credit. Pound for pound, he's the best equal counterpart i think i would ever see the problem though is the availability factor Mm. the fact that Kawhi leonard takes so many damn games off they just assume that they're just going to get to the playoffs and it just you know that's all she wrote yeah we're just better than everybody else they're all of a sudden not going to get hurt that's because they've rested so much there's so much we could continue to talk about and and i know that that's going to be something we probably will talk about later on in the show tonight and i'm really looking forward to that as well but we're going to leave that right there because we're going to reel it all back in and we're going to talk a little chiefs in this next segment i want to explain to you guys Yes, you, the listener. Why history is going to be handled differently and is already being handled differently in Kansas City than anywhere else. We'll get back to that after this. Visit Local Foundry in downtown Lee Summit, Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Foolish Club Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz. So we left it off on a little bit of NBA discussion, and I cannot wait to revisit some of those topics because I feel like we can go on about that for a very long time. But I think we left it in a really good place, and we're going to now talk about our favorite team, the team that we know you guys all attend this for, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. And I will admit... There are times, especially during this time of the year, I remember this last season or last off season, that you really have to um, you really have to think deep about what you want to talk about to keep things interesting when it comes to the Chiefs. Because obviously, the off season it, it feels like forever. I mean, I think we all could agree with that. Yeah. It feels like you miss football, and it's been like a year since we've had a game. It already feels like that, and the Super Bowl was a little over a month ago, for Christ's right. sake. So, 
There is something, though, that I really do want to address. And I'm going to start it with my childhood. I wasn't the greatest student in school. I, I got very average grades. I stayed out of trouble. Uh, about I, right. I, <laughs> yes. I had classes I kind of liked and classes I absolutely despised. I despised math on all levels. I swear it was a real problem. Uh, but I did like a couple classes, like English and science. You know, I like to you know do the experimentations and stuff like that, blow shit up. Uh, but I loved, and I mean, I loved history class. I loved knowing about those the people before us, how we got here, what took place before I ever existed. I'm actually taking history right now. Hell yeah, man! So that's that, it's interesting. There's so much because the world is rich with history. Yeah. Now we we can debate, of course, whether the history we've been taught in American schooling system has been the all that accurate books, or not. The history books are lying to you. But but we can pick the bones out of the meat, right? We can we can start to differentiate what we think is factual, not factual. But the right. fact is, there's history to be discovered and history to be uh, to reminisce upon. One statement or cliche that many have assumed when it comes to history as truth when it comes to history is history repeats itself. Even in my younger years, I've never agreed with this statement or cliche because I see so many things that have changed significantly and permanently in my lifetime alone. And one of those things is the Chiefs. We can go through it step by step and reflect on all of it, but it really began to change when Andy Reid and his people decided to take the quarterback position seriously and take the risk of not only taking a quarterback in the first round, but trading up for him. And that quarterback we know and love is Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to find a show on local television or radio. You're not going to find a local podcast. So it's difficult these days to find anything or anyone on the national scale that's that won't sing the praises of Patrick Mahomes. So I'm not going to attempt that today because we have the next decade plus to do that. And quite frankly, probably next episode. What I want to address, however, is the fear of history repeating and it repeating in Kansas City. Here are two known facts. Patrick Mahomes is set to become the highest paid quarterback slash player in the NFL history. That's not even debatable. And number two, no quarterback in the history of the NFL has won the Super Bowl as the highest paid player in the league. That is a fact. This is slowly but surely, surely become a narrative of fear in Kansas City, and it's been even discussed on national platforms, a fear that many see as logical and very possible. Once Mahomes gets his money, the Chiefs could very well be done winning championships. I remember being on Shaggy Shane's show after the Chiefs drafted Mahomes, and I have told I have told my guy Shaggy Shane and on the show that Mahomes embodies what is rare and what he could lead the Chiefs, and that he will lead the Chiefs to multiple Super Bowls. I said multiple because I knew it would be more than one, but I didn't want to put a cap on the, the, the amount, so multiple felt like the right one at the right time, and to this very day it still feels like the right one. Mm-hmm. I said that with absolute confidence on that show, knowing good and damn well that the Chiefs would ultimately have to pay Mahomes during what that inevitable dynasty that he would be the shoe-in pioneer of. And, and, and what part of Chiefs history did I have backing to call upon or be confident in to say those types of things? I didn't. Mm-mm. Patrick hadn't even played in a real game at that point. Yet myself and several others, including you guys, knew that, or at least felt very strongly about that. How is that possible? Andy Reid. That's how. Andy was famous for being such a damn good, assumed by many as a Hall of Fame coach that couldn't win the big one. 
I was reminded all the way throughout the last two years that no NFL head coach had ever won their first Super Bowl after their 20th season in the NFL as a head coach. Mm. And even though I had my own issues with some of Andy's coaching strategies and tendencies and even questioned whether he was going to be the coach to take the Chiefs to the promised land, even during this last season, I never questioned or challenged whether he could change his stars and NFL history. And he did. He didn't repeat history. Andy Reid changed history. A line that I have used countless times since Mahomes took over the city and franchise is this. Mahomes isn't rewriting Chiefs history. He's creating it. We've said it since the beginning that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are the perfect head coach quarterback duo. Even more so than Bilicek and Brady because I truly believe that Andy and Mahomes are on the real, they're really on the same page. And they didn't have to use cameras on Bengals and Jets practices. So I'll just throw that one in there real quick. <laughs> and just like Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes is the perfect candidate to follow suit in how he handled history. The history books will forever despise the likes of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Because Andy Reid became the first head coach in NFL history to win his first ring over uh, after first two decades of coaching on that level. And Patrick Mahomes will become the first quarterback in NFL history to win a Super Bowl despite being the NFL's highest paid player. Because if we know anything about Mahomes, he's been known to defy the odds and make many look stupid while doing it. And history is simply one of the many. When it comes to Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, and Kansas City, history isn't repeated. History is broken. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I, 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 I'm very confident you guys are going to agree with what I'm saying. But there is this narrative now that I do believe is going to carry into next season. Mm-hmm. Because I do believe there is a good chance that Patrick Mahomes is going to get his money in this offseason. And the day, the moment that he gets his money, I do believe that narrative is going to ring loud. Can the Chiefs now win a Super Bowl or go on a run of a dynasty, per se, now that he's gotten his money? Trevor, I'll start with yeah, you. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree with you on hating the cliche that history repeats itself. I think it's one of the most flawed ways to look at anything in life. Um, because we all know that life in general and sports especially are flooded with parody, right? But when there becomes something that happens, something that happened 50 years ago, then it happens to happen, you know, after 50 years. And then, oh, yeah, see, that happened in the past. So now it's history is repeating itself because it's a similar situation. But we, we, count, the hits, we count the hits and we, we ignore the misses, you know, when things happen differently in history. But we don't want to go down that route. But, yeah, so I hate that cliche as well because it's, it's stupid and it's extremely flawed. Um, but, again – now we're going to use history repeats itself. Now that we have these young gun quarterbacks coming to the league, and oh, can they do what Patrick Mahomes did? Can this be, you know, a system to where you know young quarterbacks come in and sit for a year, or is that going to be like the, you know history repeat, repeating itself now that the, the with the trail that Mahomes blazed? You know that now that's going to be a new thing that history repeat, repeating itself because Mahomes broke the normal you know routine of the NFL and obviously just blazed his own trail and came on as a case he came onto the scene as a starter. So now we're going to look back on that as history repeating itself when other guys blast onto the scene, like, you know, Lamar Jackson's and stuff like that, or, or Kyler Murray's people thinking Kyler Murray can, can blast onto the scene like Mahomes did so on. Um, is your question. So your question is, should we expect more Super Bowls coming on down the road or is it? No, I, I'm, I'm looking at it from the history perspective. Right. Do, you, do you, do you buy into that fear at all? Or do you have the absolute utmost confidence that no matter what amount of money Patrick Mahomes is making, mm. that he oh, can okay. follow suit with Andy Reid and change and break history instead of uh, uh, being another 
pawn in the game of history repeats because well, he gets because he's getting paid and then once we've seen quarterbacks get paid i like you said i think andy Reid is the different deciding factor there um and and obviously brett veach too in, in, in this franchise i think this franchise is very i'm gonna use the word woke and conscious of that trend Right, because it is a trend. It's not history repeating itself. It's just a, it's a trend, and it's poor management by franchises. Because we've seen franchises like obviously the Patriots are out of this conversation because they just did things completely different than anyone ever has. But like like with Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson should have won two Super Bowls, right? So are we going to be mad if, if Patrick Mahomes wins two Super Bowls, wins one next year, and we go maybe a year or two without getting another one? But then we we break the cycle again and figure out something else, and we have another breakthrough and we win a few more. I'll be fine with that. Right, it's going to be a process. I'm not expecting Pat to win every single year because that just is impossible. It doesn't happen, you know. So not, not yet. It just doesn't happen. I mean, that's one thing we can say that's that's not cliche and that's just pure fact in the NFL. It's the, the toughest sport to play. It's the toughest sport to compete in and win consistently. That's why the Patriots are out of this because they did, they did things so differently. But do I do I think that we can change history? And we already have. Patrick Mahomes has already single-handedly changed the, the the course of this franchise by himself, right? We, we were already in a good vibe with Alex Smith as our quarterback. You know, he was a well-spoken guy, good leader, just didn't have the edge that we needed to get this franchise where we wanted it to be. We felt good about it. We felt good every year going into it. We were going to win 10 to 12 games every year. We were going to be in the playoffs and possibly make a run, maybe get to the AFC Championship game. But we knew in the back of our throats, in the back of our mind, we had that lump we had to swallow because we, just, we didn't have faith in it. But now, in a matter of two seasons – we have the biggest dick in the league now. We, 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 no, we really did measure it. We are packing it's, the heat. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that's it's, how it's we like feel. It's like Seabiscuit in this I mean, what we, <laughs> We're walking around hog-free, man. We just, we, we're, we're, it, it's a whole different vibe in a matter, like I said, two years. Now we're, now we're the defending champs. We fully expect us to make the, a run get back there. So in my mind, yeah, the history has already changed. Uh, this, is, this is where cliches go out the window because we don't know what to expect now. We're expecting good things only because we can't really expect negative things, you know, outside of maybe Chris Jones not being a chief, which would suck. But I do expect this franchise to make the the, the proper uh, decisions to extend the the progress in the early years of Mahomes' career. Let's let's get your thoughts on this, Eddie. I, I really I really like to because you know, you've had a listen, you've had to just sit here and listen to us run our mouths. Thanks for so. actually thinking about it. <laughs> uh, I forgot you were here, man. Eddie, That's really cool to do. Oh my god, what'd you do? <laughs> uh, so. Like you, Lance, my, my favorite uh, subject in, in school has always been history. It's just so fascinating learning how this nation came about and just learning about, like, all the steps and stuff like that. It, it's just fascinating to me. And, and like like you said, the cliche you guys are talking about, history repeats itself. But one of my favorite history quotes is from uh, Mark Twain. He says, history does not repeat itself, but mm. it rhymes. Yep. That's beautiful, man. It, it, history changes throughout history. <laughs> well put. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Now there's going to be a quote of you one day. Yeah, right. Like Mark Twain, maybe got to remember <laughs> now, but there's going to be like in 100 right. years, Eddie Ortiz. Yeah. Little pose uh, everything. You know? <laughs> no. Uh, but yes, it's just... With Patrick Mahomes and, and him being in the Chiefs and, and the Chiefs having to, to deal with this mega contract that they're going to have to give him because they're going to have to give him his money. What yeah. puts me what puts me at ease is throughout the years, the Chiefs know how to draft talent. Yeah. Not necessarily a quarterback. They, they haven't been 
great at that. They, I don't think they had drafted a quarterback since like the eighties. Well, in the first round, it's been since nineteen eighty six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. that 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 says a lot, you know. And if you look at the weapons around Patrick Holmes, that so many people are saying, "Oh, well, look at all the weapons he has." Let's not forget who drafted those weapons. Kansas City drafted those weapons. Travis Kelsey, one of the best, the best tight end in the league, mm-hmm. drafted by the Chiefs. One of the best wide receivers in the league, drafted by the Chiefs. Yes, Sammy Watkins wasn't drafted by the Chiefs, but he, he I mean, he was picked up by free agency. We know his history. Look at Kareem Hunt. Yep. He was potentially could have been one of the greatest running backs in Chiefs history. Unfortunately, things happen, but look, just look at that. And then look at Patrick Mahomes. They drafted Patrick Mahomes. And they brought the Jet this last season mm-hmm. in the draft. So you can't you can't forget the fact that the Chiefs know how to draft talent. Yes, they had a, 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 a off draft the year before that. The 2018 draft wasn't the best draft. Oh, it was terrible. It was yeah. absolutely it was, it was atrocious. But you have to think that it was new GM. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a, building a new system. You yeah. Know? So it, it was starting from ground zero. Yes, Andy Reid was here and all that, but it, it was starting from ground zero because they both had to agree on the talent and maybe one didn't agree on the other. And, you know, time runs out in the draft, so you have to make a pick. A lot of pressure, yeah, the first yeah, year. Yeah, so – I think that's what happened the first season. It was more of a fuck. I don't know. We were drafting for need too. We were drafting for need. A new GM drafting for need. That's a lot of pressure. You can't just go pick a guy you like. You have to pick a a position you need. So just think about, think about that. The weapons that everybody talks about, they all came out of the draft because of the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So I'm not concerned. We can pay Patrick Mahomes. I don't care. Like, like, let's pay him. He, he earned that. He deserves that. But I'm not going to be in a concern to where, Oh fuck the Chiefs and like the Patriots. The Patriots don't know how to draft for shit. Yeah, they rely on free agency. Well, they know how to, they know how to find the retread guys really well. Exactly. That's the, yeah, but but like I said, they rely on free agency. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs, they rely heavily on the draft. This past few seasons, they've relied heavily on that draft. Well, and all that success comes back to and, who? Andy Reid. Exactly. Which is what Lance has touched and, on. And yeah. You always, I believe it's Colin Coward where he talks about when Baker Mayfield was in like uh, in Oklahoma, it was. He was great because of the head coach that was there. With well, that was him. a terrific roster as well. Yeah. We saw what he we saw we saw Baker Mayfield with a horrible head coach mm-hmm. in Freddie Kitchens. He was horrible. Yeah. So it all depends on. I the, still believe in Baker. It, it all depends on the head coach that yeah. you have. So if, if your head coach knows how to take like get the best out of you mm-hmm. and to to make it perform week in week out, you're not gonna struggle to find talent. Because you can get it from the draft, and it's gonna be cheap. Yeah, and, and yeah. To, to your to your point, real quick, and I want to get to Trevor in a second. Uh, to your point about the Mark Twain quote, um, I do believe that. I do believe that history it, it rhymes. I, I but to like a hip hop analogy, um, everything rhymes in a song, but they change up the rhyme. I think that's what's happening here in Kansas City. Mm. That's why I said. That's why I like to use the word break because they broke that rhyme, and now yes. they're creating a new rhyme. So. In essence, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs history could repeat itself. This history this repeats is, itself. Exactly. So there's a new rhyme. Yeah. So I appreciate you bringing that up because that's actually that contributes 
to the point I'm trying to make exactly. is that, yeah, he broke it. Now there's a new rhyme in Kansas right. City exactly. that he's going to be repeating. Now so in have, essence, yeah, yeah it's yeah, ironic you, that you bring that yeah, up. Yeah, now you have different expectations than you had before this season. The reason people like to, like to say the NFL is, is a history pizza itself type of league is because it's a copycat league, right? This is why the Patriots, again, are excluded from this conversation because no one's ever been able to pull off what they pulled off. Yeah, like they record like we are right now. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't even want to talk about the Patriots because the fact Black that – yeah, I just don't oh, – yeah. Deflate game. I mean, deflate So, uh, but, yeah, what makes the Chiefs different, man, is that Andy Reid came in with the plan, and he's not budged from that plan, right? He wanted to go get his guy. He found his guy. Almost to a fault. And, and he, when he found his guy, it was a much bigger fish than he even realized he caught, yeah. right? More than anybody thought. More than I think even Pat ex- expected to be, but Pat just understood, he has that innate ability just to, to to be amazing when the ball is in his hand and the game is on the line and the game's going. Period. He just becomes a different person. I think Pat even you know went beyond his own expectations for himself. If we're all being real, and if yeah. he was being candid in, a, in a, an interview, I think he would probably agree with that. I don't think he would be. He would think that he had the success that he's had right now. And again, that goes back to Andy Reid. Andy Reid. A lot of reasons people think the NFL is is, is Repeating itself is because a lot of guys come in, a lot of new coaches come into franchises and they have a plan, but the, pl- the plan backfires and it all goes to shit. And we're like, oh yeah, here we go. Another coach that failed, blah, blah, blah. And now he's gone. Now he's out of the league and now he's doing, you know, color commentating or he's an analyst now, you know, whatever. But Andy Reid stuck to it wholeheartedly. He got the guys out of the office that he needed to, got Dorsey out of the office when he needed to because he was screwing up contracts. He was screwing up the plan, right? So... The fact that Andy Reid is stuck to his guns, stuck to his plans, and he's a Super Bowl champ now. You know what I mean? So yeah, that, yeah. that's what makes this this so much different for all of yeah, us. Not just us, but Andy Reid. I'm sorry. And no. with Andy Reid, there's no history repeating itself with Andy Reid. He's completely changed his whole as resume. As head coach, yeah. he had never won a Super Bowl. So you right. can't say history is repeating itself with Andy Reid. And Andy Reid, the, the head coach of the G, because mm-hmm. there's nothing that, that repeated after that Super Bowl championship. Right. There's just nothing to, to compare. Besides the fact that he got back to it, but this time he won it. That's why you said it rhymes, it, it, but it's not repeating exactly. itself entirely. It's a different rhyme, yeah. Right. And, and and to cross to another league with this, uh, you know, this example or this this conversation is, uh, I I look at Patrick Mahomes is a lot like what Michael Jordan was to the Bulls and what LeBron James was to the Cavs, where you had such dismal memories and history before them that predates mm. them. That they carried on. Like they walked into the situation. Michael Jordan gets drafted by the Bulls. They had no success before Michael Jordan. And all that rode on Michael Jordan. There was high expectations. LeBron, we don't even need to get into that. From Ohio, the worst franchise in the NFL, in, in the NBA, mm. the chosen one, the first overall pick. Yeah. You know, that was pressure. And Patrick Mahomes comes into Kansas City. With decades of nothing but jaded, you know, heartbreak. Yeah, fans that are also delusional, believing in quarterbacks like Alex Smith and Matt Castle, for Christ's sake. You know, there there was so much um, infamy in Kansas City. I I guess if if we had to quantify our history before Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, there was it was it was infamous how we would lose, how the heartbreak would occur every single year. I just watched last night. I told you about it, Trevor, mm. uh, the football life story on Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. And he was touching on that about how there was just like, it almost seemed like new ways for them to, to, to I lose. I got to watch that, man. Where they, you know, they don't punt in the freaking game against the Colts in 2003 <sighs> and somehow lose a game at home in, in the playoffs to Peyton Manning's led Colts. Right. Like, you don't punt and you lose. Like That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. And then, and then Patrick Mahomes gets here and it just feels and it seems and it looks and it and everything is just different. 
And that's where I start to talk about like, and that's where I felt like saying that from the very beginning. He's not going to rewrite this shit because right. rewriting it's going to be the heartbreak. There's nothing good to come of it. If you want to grasp at straws and bring back 1969, feel free. Yeah. But how many of us were even alive during that? Right. Our buddy Shaggy Shane, an OG Chiefs fan, was like two months old. Yeah, you're counting the hits and ignoring the misses. Like you know that's what, what you're saying? doing with yeah. history. Yeah. So that's the point, man. Is that we in Kansas City? Things are going to be much different in Kansas City than it is in other places because of the way we handle history. It's going to be different here. A lot of other places have had prestige throughout history, so they don't have to handle it as the, as the same way we do. We're changing the course in Kansas City. And I say we because we're all a part of that. There's intricacies involved in this that go deeper than even Patrick Mahomes. It's the support. It's the belief that we put into it. It's the effort. It's the energy. Things of that nature do pay, do pay dividends. It does play a factor, man. We're sitting here still talking football in March. We don't do that if Alex Smith is still our quarterback. We don't do that if Matt Cass – at least we're not talking as optimistically as we are. At least we're not talking about, like, man, fuck, how are we going to figure out what to fuck up next season? Mm. Is Andy Reid supposed to be here anymore? The conversation's totally yeah, different. That rhyme stays, stays fluid. Yeah. That's going to stay consistent. We changed it up. Patrick Mahomes changed it up. Andy Reid changed it up. The credit needs to be due where – I mean, it needs to be handed to where it's due, man. So yeah, and, and I like, Just to just add real quick. Of course. And I like how – it's just from now on you don't know what to expect. You yeah. you expect well, there's a standard, yes, yeah. but yeah, no, but I'm, the standard's been set, but yeah. Dude, you want a Super Bowl championship, so that that please that please defend. Sure. So as a fan coming into next season, okay, we won it. I like the feeling. I would like to do it again. But at least I know we like I already know what the feeling is. Like I don't have to expect. Patrick Mahomes to, mm. to win that Super Bowl this year because if he doesn't, it's going to be a complete failure on him and and, and mm. we're going to bash him and blah 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 blah. So I think I think it, it can calm fans down with the fact that like with Cristiano Ronaldo started putting no no go ahead yeah Cristiano Ronaldo going into different teams they expect him to to win championships of course you know because but he's done it before he, but yeah. if he doesn't get it done people are not bashing him because he didn't he didn't win the championship. People are praising him because he got him at least to the point where they could fight for the championship. Yeah. I, and he won championships constantly, constantly. We're so used to it. As a fan, I'm not me personally, in my opinion. I'm not gonna put it out to any other fans out there. Yeah. But me as a fan, I'm not expecting or forcing the team to to win another championship. I'm you know, like we win it next year. Fucking great! Yeah. If we don't win it, I'm not going to bash Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going right. to bash Andy Reid. The, the goal, the goal was 100 percent for those yeah, guys the, to get back there and do it again. Yeah. The, 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 Once the, you taste the that pressure, shit, yeah. the pressure is off. Um, for for the most part, it's a different type of pressure now exactly. because now you're yes. trying to be a repeat champion. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. The yeah. standard has now been set where you are expected now in Kansas City to contend. Yeah. I do agree with what you're saying, though, about the expectations being a little bit lessened because the Chiefs did buy themselves time. Let's say the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl next season. Right. I don't think Chiefs fans are going to be sitting here going, well, shit, man, they just like, absolutely shit. failed. Like, like fuck it, it, well, they, they fuck did it. fail. They yeah. did fail, but that's not going to be the narrative it's exactly. as strongly as, if, let's say, they would have lost to the Niners. I think, yeah. the next season they lose again, yeah. then yeah. the failure starts yeah, exactly. to surmount, and they're like, well, fuck, maybe history is repeating itself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I just look at it like in comparison to like when Tom Brady first won his first ring. The difference there is I don't think anyone was expecting them to build a dynasty when they won that first ring because Tom Brady was not good that entire his first year. six seasons. He was not good. 
right? So well, he was good. He was a game manager. He was, he was decent. He even, but even in the Super Bowl, he was not great whatsoever. Their cameras weren't working until like 2005. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So HGN I mean, you, you compare that to the you compare that to the expectations of having the best player in football now on our team and having the roster that we have and the defense the, the, the defense that we're building now on the other side of the field. I think the expectations are 100 percent Super Bowl repeat. I think it's one at least getting there. That's a, that's for me in my mind. I, I, I cannot wait to talk about it. I, yeah. mean, I, I wouldn't mind. We got a long way. Like I would yeah. love for them to repeat, but at the same time, it's like the pressure is a little bit. You know, like like Lance said, they bought themselves a little bit of time. Absolutely. See, but that see what that's called though. That's called the Super Bowl hangover though. That's when you're delayed and you're not you're not mentally ready. I don't think the players think that that. No, no, I'd be no, ready no, to go no, again. No, I, I get exactly. As fans, we saying. can do that. We don't. Exactly. We can no, have the hangover. I'm yeah, I'm yeah. As a team, I'm saying for as sure. Cheese for sure. As a cheese, as, as a fan, as a fan, yeah, that, yeah. That I'm not gonna put that pressure on them. Yeah. yeah. Like I put them, my head, I put my my mind in the them, mind of the, the athlete that. and how they're thinking. If they take us to yeah. another Super Bowl. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys. I, I was talking to Pat Clifton before the show, mm. uh, the, the the genius behind uh, Foolish Club, along with Gat. Um, I, I was talking to him, and I said before we yeah before we take this break um, that I know everybody is just sitting here going, man, I you know I, I, I'm so high off the Super Bowl still. But I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm I'm ready for next season already. Yeah, I, I'm oh, ready dude. for more football. Like I know I know. Of course, everybody's ready to see football. But I'm not yeah. in that place Whoa. where I'm like I'm not like I'm not in a place anymore where it's like. Oh my God! I can't believe we won the Super Bowl. Like no, I'm I, there I with got you. over that a little bit within this last three four weeks, just because of the fact that I just know that this isn't fleeting. Yeah. Like I don't believe that this is like the Royals. Everybody tries to draw comparisons. That Royals team that won in 2015, we knew that wasn't going to last, yeah. just because of the fact of market and the they way that these guys it. are going to they're going to get shelled off to other teams. That's just how it is in the in the small markets of baseball, which is ironic because there's no fucking salary cap in football. There is yet. I just feel like that we, we are just now on the precipice and just the, the cusp of what's to come. So to your point and to Trevor's point, to what I'm trying to say, I feel like there is going to be expectations from their side. Maybe not so much just from the fans because the fans just love the well, fact in general that, that, that this team is great well, and they could contend. Yeah. But on the on, I believe, and I, I'm with Trevor on that 100%, I do believe the players put that pressure on themselves. And Andy Reid did it at the freaking rally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be it's right back here next year. First thing, the first time we're all celebrating together, what does Coach Reid say? He sets the precedent. He we're said be, like eight words, and that was like seven of them. And that was the main thing. That was his main message. We're going to be right back here next Brett year. Brett Beach didn't say shit. You know, he let the guys have their time, and that's because yeah. they're already they're already business. Yeah. They're already like, all right, let's get let's get to the draft. Let's get to free agency. Yeah. Let's see what's about to happen. These guys, I, I really do believe this entire team, from top to bottom, from Clark Hunt all the way down to fucking Bought Dustin Colquitt, is going to say, hey, you know, we have an opportunity here to win several championships. Yeah. Several and guys I, are bought in, man. Yes, absolutely. So we're gonna leave it right there. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Cheese fans, let us know what you think about that. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Poodle, here inside the Foolish Club Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yo, yo, yo. yo. We, I, I can already tell you're just so excited, Eddie. You I, just I got distracted. Uh, we, are, we are doing a new segment. We're going to try this one out. We're really excited about this, guys. I talked to Eddie and I talked to Trevor and I said, Let, let's, let's start something different. Uh, for for you know let's let's see I'm excited I'm just excited I don't even know what else to say it's called the Eddie Hour let's just fucking do it man you take the lead you tell us how this thing goes all right man so every week I'm gonna try and ask you guys a question 
not necessarily related to to football. It could be basketball. It could be NCAA. We'll see where where the questions go, mm-hmm. and then I would like to hear your perspective, your your thoughts. That's mm-hmm. that's what I want to hear. So for this week, I want to talk about NBA. Uh, so my question to you guys is, is is more of a why or why not? So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you four teams, and of those four teams, uh, we're gonna go through each uh, individually. These are teams that the Lakers could potentially face in the playoffs, and I want to hear your thoughts as to why will the Lakers beat them or why not? You know, gotcha. So fair. So that's 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 uh, pretty much how the Lakers can lose or win the series against these much. teams. So I want to hear your thoughts as to why they're going to win or why they're going to, the, why they could lose. Okay. Pretty mm. much. Okay. So the first thing, I, the first team I have is the Houston Rockets. Okay. Why will the Lakers win? Or why will the Rockets win? Okay, I'll, I'll attack the the why I think the Lakers will win first, and I'll give you the scenario of why okay. they lose. Um, why the Lakers will win because of the fact, just right off the top, they have more superstar talent. Even considering the fact that the Rockets do have James Harden and Russell Westbrook, uh, LeBron and AD individually and together are better nucleus than those two. Um, I do believe because of size. I do believe because of the fact that the Rockets are the smallest team in the NBA by far. Uh, I think that's going to really fuck them over. The Lakers are absolutely going to devastate them on rebounding. Uh, I think that the fact that you're looking at, um, I think the I think the Lakers are the deeper team. So if you're looking at that from that perspective, I just think that they're better defensively. Um, and, and if they're in a if they're in a playoff scenario, they're going to be in LA more than they're not. That does play a factor as well. I think that the Russell Westbrook is too reckless, especially as the playoffs go about. James Harden disappears too far often, and I just think that the I think the Lakers would actually just destroy them. I think you'd have one game where the Rockets really showed up, but after that, I don't think that they would be much of a, of a series at all, despite the superstar factors on both sides. How the Rockets could win that series, you know, as crazy as it might sound, I think it's because of the fact that they also have Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Um, <laughs> I might have sounded like I was disrespecting him in that first part, but on the other side of it, those two guys can absolutely go off in a series if they really could. If they really put their minds to it, they're just too damn good at basketball. Mm-hmm. So athletic James, freaks. Yeah, James Harden can go out there and drop fifty points. It wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook can go out there and drop 36, 15, and fifteen. I'm like, oh, that's Russell Westbrook. So it, that's that's the only way they could beat the Lakers if both of those guys are averaging a combined sixty five points. If they could do that, you're beating anybody. So that's the only way I could see them doing that. Yeah, with the the Lakers, I see the Lakers winning. Just plain and simple for me is that they they have more size, they are deeper, and the fact that they they do the Rockets do not have an answer for Anthony Davis or LeBron James. Neither one, neither neither guy. You you can tell me PJ Tucker all you want. Please, we've seen PJ Tucker try to hold LeBron James, and it's embarrassing. I do like PJ Tucker as a player, and he's a bulldog, and I love his style. But he just can't keep up with the speed of Le- Le- LeBron James. Still has that first step. He's still going to burn him on those. And he can, he's going to if he's LeBron James is hitting from the logo consistently. That's a problem also. So I just don't. Prime time games. No, they absolutely have no answer for Anthony Davis whatsoever. They can double team LeBron James all they want, but Anthony Davis that, that small roster, the, the Rockets, they're going to get eaten alive. So that for me is his plan. Simple. They don't have a single answer for those two guys. Um, and also the fact that. With the Lakers winning, the fact that um, uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook both are proven guys to to, to have ghost shows and no shows in the playoffs and 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 and, 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 and you know crumble in big moments. You know we've seen we've seen the great free throw shooter that is James Harden miss big time free throws in cr- in crunch time moments in big time series is uh, when he's the guy. You know he's he's being relied on. He can't handle it a lot of times. I, mean, I love him. 
I love it. He's fun to watch. He's exciting. I think it would be a fun series to watch, but I don't think they would win in that scenario. Uh, if the Rockets did win, it would be it would simply be because of the speed of the roster because they do play small ball, which I don't think works in their favor. But if if, if they found, somehow found a way to, to outspeed the Lakers and beat them up and down the court, uh, to force the Lakers to play a little smaller too with Anthony Davis at the five, um, that would make some sense too. And then and simply, the, like Lance said, the pure skill set and athleticism of James Harden and, and Russell Westbrook, that would be the – they would have to play bonkers to, to beat the Lakers, in my mind. All right. That's actually really good. I, lo- I, like, I like this segment, Eddie. Good like, job, yeah. man. Good Anytime. job. <laughs> All right. Hard. Next team we got is, is going to be the Denver Nuggets. Lance? Okay. So – I think we all can agree the Denver Nuggets have been a disappointment this season. Mm. They are a good team. I think, yeah. I think they've been. I think because yeah, everybody was seed, right. Yes, but uh, you if you watch the if you watch them, unless Jokic is having a right. great game, yep, they're they're lost. They're right. absolutely lost. They're a one man show. They're again good team. Jokic is incredible. Yes, the Lakers would beat this team simply because of the fact that it's it's Jokic or nothing. And that's that's the whole problem is that when you're going against, and I don't want to sound repetitive here, when you're going against two of the top five players in the league, you're going to have to have more than one astounding player. You're yeah. going to have to have that in a seven-game series. I think the Lakers would make quick work of the Nuggets just simply based on that fact alone. You would have to have your role players playing at their best, and to expect your role players to play at their best for an entire series is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. They can play their part, but you can't expect 25, 30 minutes of greatness from role players. That's why they're called role players. Mm-hmm. That, that The Lakers would make quick work of them, in my opinion. Yeah. How the Nuggets can win, because of the fact that Jokic is one of the few guys I think in the league that can actually belly up with AD and play him pace for pace and have just as good of a game. For sure. If there's a way that Jokic could outperform Anthony Davis and put all the pressure and expectation of LeBron James having to score the majority of points, because I do believe in the playoffs, you're going to see Anthony Davis being, just like the regular season, scoring the majority of the points as far as averages. Mm-hmm. He's averaging like 27, 28 points a game right now, whereas LeBron's averaging 25. Like eight assists. Right. Yeah. So I think that if Jokic could stand and blow for blow with Anthony Davis, that could give the Nuggets enough confidence in saying, hey, this role player can have a big night this night, and this role player can have a big night this night. That could give them that hope. Even saying that, though, is stretching it thin because, again, they just do not have the star power star power to hang yeah. with them. So Jokic, a lot like Russell Westbrook and James Harden, would have to have a, his, his best series of his career. Yeah. For me, the Lakers, the way they win this series is just by being themselves. Uh, Anthony Davis, they can go, he can go toe-for-toe with, with Jokic, but Jokic is not even half the defender that Anthony Davis is. And Anthony Davis, in my mind, would every single matchup, every single game get the, be- the best out of the, that matchup. Um, and then they have absolutely no answer for LeBron James. They have a bunch of shooters that they surround around. They have some gritty guys, you know, but they have a lot of uh, uh, um, shooters. Simple, similar to like how some LeBron James built teams have been in the past, um, but this Lakers team is different because they have really good perimeter defenders and Avery Bradley and and, and uh, um, uh, Danny, Green. Danny Green. So guys like that, even Ray John Rondo has been playing some solid defense when he comes in and gets his minutes. And Kuzma has his moments, um, but even then, Kuzma being the third option in the offense, I don't see them have anybody that can really stop him when he gets hot. He gets he gets hot. So uh, yeah, the Lakers to me just just playing the, their game. Is how they win this game. I just you make you make the Denver Nuggets, you know, who they are, one dimensional. Uh, you know, you can let Jokic get his, but then shut everything else down. The game's over. The series is over. Um, how I see the Nuggets winning it, um, AD or LeBron James gets hurt. I don't see them beating a healthy Rock. There's no outcome where I can see them beating a healthy Rocket or healthy Lakers team. I just don't see it happening. I mean, we've seen LeBron beat teams like this all the time. They're they're gritty. Oh, they're gritty. They might get them. Oh, this is why I feel the way I feel about the Clippers, but we'll get there. 
The not, Clippers, not to interrupt you, but yeah. the, the Nuggets to me remind me of like the 2015, 2016 Hawks. Absolutely. That, that great gritty, team. Great yeah. team. Six, wins a lot of winning, games. Yeah, they won 60 games, you know, like, yeah. So, yeah. Like, Paul Millsap, Paul Millsap, and yeah, Horford, great bigs. Yep. yep. So, yeah, this a big centric team is not going to beat the Lakers. Just plain and simple because the Lakers are also quick and a very fast-paced offense that pushes the ball up the court, and they have good bigs, athletic bigs, and Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis who have shown to be, you know, the best, their best selves this Jamel year. Jamel McGee, even too. So, yeah, Jamel McGee, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I just don't see outside of an injury of one of the two stars in the Lakers. I just do not see the, the Jazz. Or the, I like yeah, how you set, I like how you set this up too because you gave us two ex- completely different extremes, like on the spectrum of this. Because the Rockets are so small, and then the Jazz are all about size. That uh, this is the Jazz. Yeah, the Jazz are all about size. So that's uh, the Nuggets. The Nuggets. I yeah, call it. They're all about yes, size. Yeah, yeah. All about size. I love that. I mean, that was really cool how you did that because we had to really stretch it from one side to the other. So <laughs> well done, dude. All right. So the next team, you you kind of mentioned it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the Utah Jazz. Okay. So the <laughs> kind of. I'll give you. I'll give you this similar the, team. Yes, very similar. I even mistakenly said with that. an extra star though. The, yes, Donovan's an absolute star. Donovan Mitchell is an absolute star. Unfortunately, he's been very spotty in his early career in the playoffs. For sure. Uh, I think the Lakers will absolutely capitalize on double-teaming him. I think that they're going to force everybody else around Donovan Mitchell to beat them. And if you look around the Jazz, they have a lot of guys that have been there for a very long time. They're very well coached. Very well coached. So I actually think, even though the Lakers would win this series, and I think they'd win probably six games, I think the Jazz could actually – this would be a decent a decent series. I will actually give the Jazz that. It's surprising. Very good defensive team. Very good defensive team. They would make the Lakers fight for everything. But the ultimate deciding factor, well, I don't think it's going to be Anthony Davis. I think it would be LeBron James. I think LeBron James would average a triple-double in this series. Because to the point of Anthony Davis, nobody on that Jazz, and for some weird reason, LeBron has always had his struggles in Utah. I think it's one of the few teams he's actually like averaged less than 24 points a game. In, They're in, in Philly, career. I think. It's, 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 for some weird reason, yeah. I don't know if it's the the way it's their altitude. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. But he's The racism? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, had to. There we go. There we go. Sorry, Paul, you Utah listeners. That's all. Love. I think. I think. I think LeBron would be geared towards changing that narrative. Yeah. And and making quick work of the Jazz, but I I, I do think the matchup would be tough. But I, I just I just think that yeah, that's the way that series would go on the winning side for the Lakers. On the other side of this, Donovan Mitchell becomes a man. Like, no disrespect to him right now. He's I think he's twenty four. He's clutch as shit 20, too. 23, 24 years old right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, this is this is his breakout series. Yeah, we're all holy shit. It's like the Jason Tatum of right now. How Jason Tatum has become a man amongst right in front of our eyes this yeah. season. He's really become that budding superstar. That's what I can see of Donovan Mitchell. Because to the defense of Donovan Mitchell, I don't. I mean, outside of Avery Bradley, I don't see a guy on this team that could slow him down on the Lakers side. So I think either way, whether the Lakers will win or lose, Donovan Mitchell could absolutely have himself a series. And I think if he went out there and absolutely balled out. That would give them their best fighting chance, and he would have to average over 30 points a game and about six, seven assists. Could he do that? I don't believe so at this point of his career. But that would it'd be the, the breakout for him of his career, and I think that would be it'd be impressive to see. Yeah, the, the lifeblood of the Utah Jazz team is their defense, and they're very good. They had the defensive the, the defending the defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert, who's an absolute tower in the paint. But the problem with that is the Lakers, I can see the Lakers easily just switching to small ball, playing speed. Spreading out Anthony Davis to the perimeter, and this is why I agree with Lance talking about how LeBron James would probably have an absolute triple double fest in the series because he'd be able to they would be able to spread the ball out and do what LeBron does best: ISO, 
make the decision whether he wants to drive the lane, pass, or finish yep. at the bucket. Yep. He, no, he's the best player ever at doing that and making the right decision when to pass it. He's had his flaws, obviously, with turnovers, but most of the time he makes the right decision and he usually finishes at the rack or gets it to a wide-open shooter and they nail a three. And even you have a guy like Anthony Davis, who's also the size that he is and can spread the floor and can hit the three, that's going to make Rudy Gobert's job so much more difficult. And they're probably going to have to pull him out in some series, in some runs, because he's not going to be able to – he can't de- defend the perimeter, especially against a guy like Anthony Davis with the handle that he has. So I just don't – I think the, the pace the Lakers would, would, would start off with, 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 with LeBron running the point – would just be too much for them. Um, Donovan Mitchell's not the greatest defender, but I think he's 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 a willing defender. He would try maybe to hold LeBron, but he's just not big enough. Uh, and they have no one else really that can guard LeBron. Uh, but I do love Rudy Gobert, but I think the Lakers would just have the upper hand if they just spread the floor and let LeBron do what he's forcing, always done his entire yeah, career. Yeah, forcing Gobert in, into foul trouble is the key for the Lakers. Yeah, that, and he's that incredible. Part. He's one of the best shot blockers, if not yeah. the best shot blocker in the league. Him, Hassan Whiteside, Whiteside and uh, Anthony Davis, the three of the best prior shot blockers in the game. Um but with the Jazz winning, yeah, um, Donovan Mitchell would have to absolutely go Goku mode on that series. He would have to go Super Saiyan all the way to, and, and just start hitting lights out. Because he's had those games where he just doesn't miss, and they're fun, they're electrifying. But I don't think it would be enough for him to win a series, but he, that, he would have to do that on a consistent basis in this series. You, they're not going to be able to defend, depend on Rudy Gobert to get you know put-back bucket points and stuff like that because Anthony Davis is going to be in there fighting with him too, and Anthony Davis is a couple inches shorter than him maybe. So, and he's way more athletic. Um, so yeah, I, with the, the jazz, they would have to have, like, like Lance said, I agree 100%. Donovan Mitchell would have to go just super sane for them to even have a chance. And LeBron would have to continue his struggles in Utah. Yeah. They would have to win. Yeah. They would have to win all their home games. But it's never been, it's never been, but it's never been a playoff thing though. No, no, I agree. Well, you know what I mean? He's never faced the Utah that's, Jazz. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying LeBron is playoff mode is a whole the fan, different. The fans would be super ramped because they know that they, they, they think they're in LeBron's head. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is, honestly, but I, I do think that they would have to win their three home games. I think they have to win I think series. I do give the Jazz enough to win a couple games, though, just simply off their defense. Because they match up well. They I, match yeah, up they well. can slow down the pace of and the, and, and stop the alley oops, the constant alley oops, and the, and, the, and the full court passes that yeah. LeBron James and them guys get. If you slow that down, you make them play half court game. I can see that. I can see the Jazz hanging in there. So. All right, that was pretty good. Now, obviously, I saved the best for last. L.A. Clippers. Oh, I thought you were going to go with the Warriors. You know, <laughs> 17 and 49. Sacramento Kings. <laughs> the Clippers. Okay, so I told you guys from the very beginning. Uh, you guys heard my opening monologue. Um, all respect to the Clippers. Damn good team. Incredible team. Uh, Doc Rivers has done a, ma- a masterful job being able to handle the load management side of all this bullshit with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George being on the shelf for the majority of the season. Um, the way the Lakers win this series – they do exactly what I believe they can do, which is what out superstar the superstar team of the of the Clippers. I mean, you, you, the Clippers have beaten the Lakers this season, despite the fact that Anthony Davis and LeBron James have played pretty damn well against them. Mm-hmm. There was a game where LeBron, I think, had twenty five, twelve, and eleven, and Anthony Davis scored over thirty, and the Clippers still won. Yeah, the way the Lakers win this game is, and I don't want to sound generic with that out superstarring them. They have to out-hustle the Clippers because the Clippers are a team of hustlers. You have Patrick Beverly out there that is going to do everything in his power mm-hmm. to disrupt LeBron James's rhythm. He is six foot one, Patrick Beverly. Not a big guy at all, but he is a disruptor. He is a small man's version of Tony Allen. He is a shutdown point guard. 
And he will do everything in his power to disrupt LeBron and keeping him out of his rhythm. Like Trevor talked about posting up on the corner and deciding who he's going to dish it off to or take that one-on-one ISO and take it to the bucket. Patrick Beverly, I give him a lot of respect for that. Not even talking about Paul George, who's one of the best wing perimeter defenders. Kawhi Leonard, who is the best wing perimeter defender in the league. Yeah. The, the, the Lakers would have to be absolutely efficient and out-hustle the Clippers. Is that possible to out-hustle them? I don't know, but they got to access that. they got to fight for every single ball. That ball's going out of bounds, die for it. Get your guys out there. Be expendable. Mm. Put the pressure on the Clippers to make the right decisions. You put that in their hands where, they're having, where they feel like they got the momentum, the Clippers can win that series. Now, going segueing into that, how the Clippers beat them. Kawhi Leonard stays healthy. Paul George stays healthy. They out-hustle the Lakers, just the flip side. Mm-hmm. You flip that over. They out-hustle. Patrick Beverly gets in LeBron James's head at all. Or if Paul George is knocking down three-pointers, Kawhi Leonard is playing the way he does on both sides of the bat on the floor that we know him to be, That they can absolutely win that series. It would be that series, I hope it happens. I don't know if it's going to happen. I have no idea. But if that's the Western Conference Finals, we're looking at one of the best series we've ever seen in the Western Conference Finals, and that's saying something because of, because of the way these teams match up so equally to the point, again, the reason why I would take the Lakers in that series ultimately, whether it's six, seven games, doesn't matter, is just because of the superstar talent that they have, which would surmounts over the Clippers in a full full series. Regular season's a different story. Like I said, you're at different places in the season. The Lakers have been leading since day one, so their motivation to go all out and try to beat the Clippers in a, in a regular season game may not be as much as the Clippers. That's not an excuse. That's just the facts of it. I think if the Clippers were leading the way all throughout the season and the Lakers were, faith, were following them, I do believe you'd see a different level of intensity from the Lakers. That hasn't been the case. That's why I think it's happened the way it has in the Yeah, season. this is by far the most evenly matched in, an, in all of basketball, if this series happened, this would be the most evenly matched series in, in both conferences because both these teams are extremely talented on the defensive side and the offensive side, and they're both very deep rosters because we know the addition of Reggie Jackson and and, and Patrick Peterson and Michael Green. Those are really good Marcus role players. Morris. Yeah, well, absolutely, Marcus Morris. I mean, he's, been, he's been starting a couple games. So like that, those guys are key factors to the depth of that team and obviously you got the six man one of the best six men of all time Lou, and Lou, Lou Williams yeah, and Montrose Hill is an absolute beast who I think could keep up with AD he just doesn't he doesn't have the size uh or the wingspan to to, to contain AD um the way the Lakers win this game the series or the series is just let leaving everything on the floor Letting this this has to be a finals before the finals because everyone knows all the pressure is on both of these teams. Both these teams this this is the battle for LA, man. So this is the game this is the games where A D and LeBron really gotta show what they're completely made of. Because you know Paul George, this is his moment because Paul George has has had moments where he's failed and he's been the guy and he's failed in OKC, you know. Even when Russ was struggling, he was he was getting dependent on he couldn't get it done either. He had big, big, you know, statistical games and so on, but it wasn't good enough. So this is a big chip on his shoulder for for Paul George to prove the haters, um, and then obviously get a notch a win on his belt against LeBron James in his career would be huge for him as well. So there's a lot of factors going into that for the for the for the Clippers, but for the Lakers to win, like I said, they just ha- they would have to be balls to the wall. They would have to play tough defense. And secondly, we've seen guys like Patrick Beverly, Draymond Green, for instance, try to get in LeBron James' head, and it's backfired badly and play a big part in his team losing those series is 
Draymond Green I'm talking about. And then so I could see Patrick Beverly trying to get into AD or LeBron James' head and LeBron James having his guys prepared to try to flip that on them, flip that script on them. Let, let those guys get, you know, teed up for 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 saying, you know, bad words to each other or, you know, talking loud to a ref or whatever and reacting or end up getting in a shoving match, you know, and let them hit you first and you know back off as soon as that happens. Don't get into the altercation. I could see LeBron James having his guys cool-headed heading into that series and just play their game. And I think they're the more talented team, especially offensively between AD and LeBron James. I don't think there's a – I mean, I know Paul George has his moments, and obviously Kawhi can score when he needs to. Um, but, yeah, the Lakers just got to play their game, play their game to the best of their ability, leave it all out on the floor, um, and let LeBron James kind of guide the ship, you know, uh, and let, let him just kind of play that point guard role. And we, we've seen we've seen him and him and Kawhi have those battles – but if I if I put my money on it, I'm, I'm putting my money on LeBron James coming out of the top of that battle. Um, so, but with the Clippers winning it, I just think the Clippers, the Clippers, like I said, same thing. It's just these are damn near identical teams as far as the way they they approach the game. They they they're feisty teams and they they they, they can they can roll offensively and defensively. Um, so the Clippers just got to go out there and do the same thing. I just said for the Lakers, put it all on the floor, showcase your talents, show your depth, and may the best man win. Man, that was that was actually really good. I, that was the best. That was the best. Uh, that's a tough one, game. man. That's, that's a great. That'd be a great. Don't, series. don't take credit, Eddie. Okay, <laughs> you, you set up the questions. We answered. All right. Uh, oh, and since we're talking NBA, we're talking Clippers. Apparently, Joaquin Noah just signed with the Clippers. So. Oh, oh yeah. No, no shit. That's damn, dude. They're getting they, all the little dog feisty guys. Uh, well, I did hear that their their towel boy twisted his ankle last week, so they're gonna <laughs> need somebody to get their towels. You know, yeah, you know the history of him and LeBron. Like the always, yeah. is he signed a ten day contract. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know yeah. if he's even gonna last. He's been watched for some time. The Knicks gave him that humongous ass contract a couple years ago. And yeah. I have no idea why he played like twenty five games for them. So. Um, yeah, I mean that is news though because I mean he like I said he's had a lot of success in the NBA. And another factor too is LeBron have had their their, their the well, Another factor too is is Kawhi Leonard's health. It's always a question mark of Kawhi Leonard's health. Those are many games he's missed in his career. You know who's to say that they even make it to that series with with. That's kind of where I'm at too because of the fact you can't that trust his health. Even even and I don't want to get even last year. Even last year, yeah, I don't want to delve off on it too far. But For sure, let's be honest. The reason why the Raptors won the, won the finals is because they the. the the Golden State Warriors lost two yeah, superstar players. Absolutely, in that without a doubt. Without Clay a doubt, Clay Thompson and KD went down. Yeah, without a doubt. They don't win that. If the Warriors are healthy. The Raptors get demolished, and they no still and they, that team. and they still are giving them a fight. No one's beating that team ever in the yeah. history of the NBA. No, no one's beating the 2017 to 2019 Warriors. Right? Or, yeah, n- nobody. No. Sorry, yep. just not happening. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. I had to get that one off my chest. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah. that, that's it. Okay, that's awesome, it, my dude. That's well, it. hey. We really appreciate it. I hope, you got, I hope you guys like that segment. If not, we're going to fire Eddie. But um, <laughs> I, hope, I hope you guys like it. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a new contract anyway. He's been going to somebody else. But um, we're actually going to now transition to you guys. So let's go ahead and start up the Monday Mailbag. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. It is time, as it is every week at this time, for the Monday Mailbag. Eddie Ortiz, once again, take the mic, take the stage. Take over. Awesome. What do we got on the Monday Mailbag this week? 
Thanks. Thanks for uh, all that. <laughs> that was a better introduction yeah, than the first yeah, one. Yeah, what right. the fuck, man? Against the Eddie Hour. <laughs> all right. So, <clears throat> first question comes from uh, Jeffrey Colin, Colin Arrington. With Drew Brees coming back to New Orleans, can we see the Saints, Chiefs, in the Super Bowl? Or is that tank empty for Brees? Well... <sighs> First of all, thank you, Jeffrey. We really, we really appreciate not only the question, but all the support, man. I know you've contacted me a few times. Thank you so much. Um, to answer the question as honestly as I possibly can, I, I do – I mean, it's so fucking early. Like, you know, we don't even know what this team's going to look like for both the Chiefs and the Saints in totality. Uh, but we have a pretty good idea. Could I see it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely could see that, um, especially for the Chiefs, you know, getting back to the Super Super Bowl. I do the. I do believe the Saints, especially over the last three or four years, have had one of, if not the best overall roster in the NFL. Um, the question is valid. Also, on the other side of that, with Drew Brees, is the, is the tank empty? Because we have seen him not only get hurt, which some you know can't avoid injury all the time, but you saw how long it took him to get back. And then when he got back from the thumb injury, I didn't feel like Drew Brees was what he once was. And it's not just because of the thumb injury. I really felt like age is starting to catch up to him because he's not a physical specimen like a lot of other people. Like it would be believable if Cam Newton played long into his career because he's six foot five, 255 pounds. Yeah, he never was that. Yeah, Drew no. Brees is soaking wet, 190, 200 pounds, six foot maybe. Yeah. You know, like on. he has to be on his tippies just to see over his offensive line. So. I could very well see the Saints kind of being that team where, damn, they're so talented. Damn, they're so good. But uh, are we really going to say it? Yeah, we're going to say it. Drew Brees just isn't what Drew Brees once was. So I could see that being a Super Bowl, but I think it's more likely that Drew Brees is, is he's more on E and the Saints have another disappointing loss in the playoffs. Uh, the question is, will we see the Chiefs and the Saints in the Super Bowl? Yes. How did you know? That's exactly what's going to happen. No, I don't know. Um, I think the Saints, the Saints could definitely make a run, especially with the desperation in the air over there for this possibly being the last hurrah for Drew Brees. And we've seen players all kind of like get that, just like we saw with the Chiefs this year, find a way to win every single facet of the game uh, for Coach Reed. This one was for Reed. This that it was a big boost to this team this year. Granted, we are one of the top talented rosters in the league. But besides that, that there was an extra boost because of coach Reed and wanting to do it for him that badly. Um, so I can, I can feel that Sims, that similar field for Drew Brees. They already have one of the, like Lance said, one of the best rosters in the league. Uh, they probably have the best receiver in the game right now. So they can add another additional uh, offensive piece to this, this team uh, besides Kamara and Michael Thomas in this draft. There's a lot of talented guys in this draft and you'll get a nice speedster rookie or something like a Michael Hardman for them uh, to add to that prowess of that offensive, the offensive, uh, Juggernaut they have already gone and going on over there. Um, and, you know, that defense is already a good defense. I do believe in that defense. Um, so, and obviously they play in a dome 90% of the time, uh, you know, going back and forth between Atlanta and their and their own home field. Um, so, Drew Brees has got it made to make one last push here. I still believe in him. He's still, he was great this past season. He was fun to watch. I mean, yeah, he's dealing with a little bit of nagging injuries and stuff. And that fumble in that postseason game was really hard to watch because he just did something he doesn't do. Um, but, yeah, I, I – I don't really know. I don't want. I don't want to start doing the Super Bowl predictions with the Chiefs yet. But uh, it's a good thought, man. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Uh, looks like he went on a question spree. Uh, here's, <laughs> <laughs> number two. Here's number two. Give it to me. There's one, two, four questions. So let's get them. Let's get them. Here's the it, It's Jeffrey hour now. It was Eddie hour. Now it's Jeffrey, Jeffrey hour. hour. Good yeah. job, Jeffrey. <laughs> All right. So his question. His next question is. Possibility of bringing Jamie Collins, Bud Dupree, or even Kyle Van Noy. 
Man, I'm going to be honest. I don't see any, any of those guys being here in Kansas City just because of the fact that I think all of them are going to demand a, a high-level market of money. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't see the Chiefs being big spenders this free agency just because of the fact that they're going to be spending money, I do believe, on guys like Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes. So it, their money is is going to be focused more on in-house guys, whereas the draft is going to be more pivotal, which is why we can get to the conversation of why I think the Chiefs are going to try to acquire more draft picks by trading back, possibly in that that 30, 32nd overall pick. So n- not to not to be the wet blanket here, man. I, I just don't see those three guys at all being here in Kansas City because they're both they're all going to demand twelve to fifteen million a year. Yeah. Um, most of this to answer to even answer this question, you have to, we have to kind of have to clarity on what's going to happen with Chris Jones. It all hinges on that right now because if Chris Jones is in here, I can definitely go see us some spending some good dough on like Van Noy, who I like. Van Noy, who's, a, who's another vocal defensive leader who I would love and have some. You know, he has a good experience, obviously being on those those the rosters that he's been on and championship teams that he's been on. So that would be another guy to bring in. That'd be great. I, I'm not sure Bud Dupree is getting tagged by the Steelers. I heard something about him possibly getting tagged or something. Uh, yeah, they might be tagging and trading him. Okay, tagging him. They have till March 12th and, to do that. Yeah, Bud Dupree, I think, is a little younger, and I, I think he's a stud too. But he's he's yeah. I don't know, man. We don't really at this point. That's that's a good question, but that's I don't think I think it's the wrong time because we just don't know that w- what's going to happen with Chris Jones. Because if Chris Jones isn't here, that's going to clear up a whole lot, and I can see Brett Veach just going out and splurging and bringing some guys in here to make some noise. Well, to that point though, if, if the Chiefs are going to spend money, they yeah. might as well spend it on Chris Jones. Right. You know, right. Like if you're if you're if we're talking about the possibility of bringing these guys into quote unquote replace, it won't be, Chris yeah, it Jones won't be with Chris Jones. Just spend the money on Chris Jones. Yeah, we'll, better we'll, than all those. Guys. We'll go find the Mike Pinnells of the world. Yeah, we'll go yeah, find yeah. those guys and Brett. Veach is already showing that he's able to do that. So, right. yeah. Well, that's right. a fair question. Good yeah. question. Yeah, for sure. So What's his, uh, question number 27? <laughs> so, so his third question is, um, Damian Williams' role if we draft a running back like Swift out of Georgia? Damian Williams' role is going to be the exact same that it's been over the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the guy that when the Chiefs get to the playoffs is going to be the one they rely on to make the big plays. Um, Damian Williams, if we've known anything about him, he's been – even more effective in the pass game than the run game. So I do expect when the Chiefs do go get another running back, whether it is in free agency and or in the draft, they're going to get a guy that is more of a Kareem Hunt type. Maybe even go get Kareem Hunt again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, you know what I'm fucking throwing out there. You know where you can run <laughs> in between the tackles and be effective. Uh, you can be a guy that is going to be a power running back when you need him to be. That's not Damian Williams. That's not da- what Damian Williams is. Yeah. Damian Williams is going to have the exact same role it's going to be no different because this offense is going to be no different and how they attack their opponent with guys like Damian Williams. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I think it's going to be a seamless transition for Damian Williams. I don't believe Damian Williams is going to be a bell cow by any means, Mm-mm. but he's going to have the exact same role, which is just to be that spot, almost superstar playoff player for the scoring points is all he does to score touchdowns score points yeah i mean i think damian williams role is going to remain the same and he's very effective in that role he's you know 15 touches 15 to 20 touches a game and he's very efficient with it he's not the best yard per carry guy because we weren't the best run blocking team this past year but if we improve on that maybe he'll improve on that and you know his opportunity is getting yards per carry um he's like lance said he's definitely effective in the running game and then with the wheel routes and, and you know the the quick you know out uh, passes to him. He's he's very good, at, especially when he gets open 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 field. He's extremely fast. We've seen that outside of Tyreek Tyre- Hill. No one else can really catch him. Um, but I do. I would definitely, like he said, definitely drafting a running back is ideal, especially a, a short yardage running back. Maybe like a Spencer Ware type, prototypical kind of like you know a banger kind of guy. Maybe a little bit bigger than that. Um, 
to, to you know, the, to be the thunder to the lightning for Damian Williams. But Damian Williams, his role is going to remain the same, and he's very good at it. So as long as he stays healthy, that's the main thing with him is to stay healthy because he doesn't have, he's not a big frame guy. But as long as he can stay healthy and be effective in the passing game, Andy Reid has I don't think he has a problem with it. So yeah, uh, this is this is me just kind of adding to that question. What's going to happen to Thompson and the other Williams? Darwin Thompson, and if you're asking me right now, I think he'll make the team just because I think that the Chiefs like him, and I think that he fits, especially like on the special team side of things. I think he'd be an effective player on the special teams. I, I think he's at best probably running back three on this team. Uh, Daryl Williams, I, I don't expect him to be back on the team. Uh, I don't expect any other. The only running backs I really have full-fledged confidence that will be on this team next season is Damian Williams. Darwin Thompson, like I said, has a probably He'll be a, here. a decent chance of making the team. And I'll just go ahead and I'll just go ahead and add him to the list. I'll yeah. say Damian Williams, Darwin Williams for sure will be on this they team. They drafted him for a reason. I think he's got yeah. a skill set they like. I think I think they like Daryl Williams. Yeah. But there's a million like Daryl Williams is out there. You you can go and get another Daryl Williams. If they want to keep him, fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I role role wise, Darwin Thompson's gonna be wide, running back three at okay. best. Okay. Um, so his fourth question and last question for Jeffrey. We still got a couple more, but his last question is: If Matt Moore retires, do we bring in a vet to back up Mahomes? If so, what free agent could come into this offense and help? Hmm. Well, first of all, I answer. I'll answer the. It wasn't really a question, but he was kind of suggesting if Matt Moore was to retire. I don't believe Matt Moore is going to retire. I do believe Matt Moore is going to be on. Why would he? Yeah, (laughs) I I feel like he's got the perfect job. Hell yeah, perfect job. If not, maybe he'll go with my theory and become a TV analyst, like I thought he could be. I think he'd be a great. TV analyst. I think he'd match it. I think he'd match it. Yeah. Um, it's tough to say because I don't really – I'm going to be totally honest. I don't know who would be available. Um, I've always loved Josh McCown. I know he's old as shit. I think he'll be 41 next season. Mm. But if Josh McCown wanted to give it another go, you're talking about 20 years of NFL experience that you can have behind Patrick Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes is already learning defenses for the last year and a half. I don't want to say two years because it took him half a season to really learn that in 2018. Yeah. But – if you can have Patrick Mahomes has already given knowledge and experience that he's had in his short career, plus a guy like Josh McCown, at this point you're, you're not looking for a, a backup to go out there and perform. You're looking for a guy that can almost be an extended coach. Mm-hmm. So Josh McCown and a guy like that, even Chad Henney, if he wants to stick around, I'm good with that. I want an older guy to be behind Patrick Mahomes because I'm not anticipating that Patrick Mahomes is going to miss like he did this last season with a freak knee injury. He's going to play all 16, 17 games. Well, that'll be 2021. But you, just having that extra coach with a clipboard and a hat on is what I want to see. So my vote is probably Josh McCown, if not Matt Moore. I do like Josh McCown and uh, for the fact of his his mind. And he's been, he's been in the league for so long. He's been on so many teams. But yeah. the guy I would probably like to pick – because he, I think I still, I always liked his skill set, and he's a smart guy. But he's just he's struggled because he's been in so many shitty situations. Tyrod Taylor, I would like Tyrod Taylor to be the backup because he's still he's only thirty. He's an athletic freak. He's still got wheels. He's got a cannon arm downfield. He's just always kind of struggled with the inter- intermediate passes. He's better than Matt Moore. The, in pro- my mind. the problem is that Tyrod probably it might be the starting quarterback for the Chargers. That's possible. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. I, so I'd rather. I would like to nab, you know, snap, take him off the. the hey, Chargers, you want Tyrod? Nah, we got him. Yeah, him. come over and sit on this bench, and you know, shit, he'll be all cool with that. But <laughs> I, I just, I've always been a, a fan of Tyrod, even when he was absolutely just put in a horrible position just recently in Cleveland. All that, how all that went down, um, that was just a bad team to start there. Um, but yeah, that's my pick. That would be my guy because I've always liked him, and I think especially if we keep Sammy Watkins around. He has a good connection with Sammy Watkins because they played for the a few Buffalo years days. together. Yep. So yeah, that would be my guy just for his athleticism. 
Thank you for the questions, Mr. Jeffrey. We always appreciate you, brother. All right. So next question comes from uh, Donnie Couch. Good old Donnie Couch. Yeah, the couch. The couch man's back. And his question is, hey, guys. Hey. I have a hypothetical situation for you guys. Say if Chase Young fall past the sixth pick, how fast are you guys trading up to grab him, even though this is highly unlikely? <laughs> More like this. If Chase Young is sitting there at four, I would be absolutely just destroyed mentally because I can't believe that three teams would pass up on Chase yeah. Young. Um, but in Mr. Couch's scenario, if, if he was sitting there at six, the Chiefs have no chance whatsoever to be able to trade up for him because of how many picks you'd have to give up to get to the sixth spot. Like, look at the Chiefs when they went up to the tenth spot for Patrick Mahomes. You gave up two first-round picks. If you moved up four more spots from that, knowing the Chiefs and their values and what they're trying to get out of a Chase Young, who, who's the who's the sixth pick? I think that's not the – it's, it's the Chargers? Is it the Chargers? Look that. Let's look that up real quick because I, I honestly don't. I know that the, the the Giants have the fourth overall pick. Let me see. Yeah, go ahead and look that up because I know that I know that the Giants have the fourth overall pick, and I know they would love them some Chase Young. So it'd be almost impossible for them to pass up unless Dave Gettleman decides to finally trade right. back for the first time in his entire <laughs> career with the Giants. You are correct. Chargers. It's a Chargers. There ain't no fucking chance the Chargers are trading with the Chiefs. Nah. So <laughs> I, I, I hate know. to shit on. I hate to shit on the question because I'm not trying to, Donnie. I'm just letting you know that if the, if let's say Chase Young did fall to six, there is no way in hell the Chargers would trade that pick to the Chiefs knowing that they would have to play against Chase Young yeah. with Patrick Mahomes on the other side as well. Yeah. They might as well just fold the franchise, bro. There ain't no fucking way they're doing that. So if the Chiefs could, yes, I would obviously kick the tires on it. There's just no possible scenario of that. Yeah, that's a hell of a hypothetical, man. That's a hypothetical of a hypothetical of a hypothetical for sure because that, yeah. There's All a the hypothetical. Oh, yeah. The yeah. No yeah. There's no There's no way he's, he's, he's sitting there. No one, Anybody, yeah. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, I'm just going to go with that. Yeah. Thank, you for, the question. Thank you for the question, though, Mr. Couch. We All appreciate right. you, brother. So, last question comes from uh, our good old friend, Billy Hobby. Yeah! Billy! Never fails. Yes! Kill Bill! All right. So, his question is, Outside of Chris Jones, what holes would you uh, would you like Beach to address? I personally would like O line to be stronger. I 100 percent agree with you, Mr. Billy Hodge. Uh, I think we talked about this uh, with Darren Smith, if I'm not mistaken, last week, where I talked about how I'd really like to see the Chiefs answer at guard. I, I think that Laurent Davernay Tardif has played his. I think he's. I think he's ran his course in Kansas City. I would like to see the Chiefs trade him for picks, and I would like to see the Chiefs not only um, use one of those draft picks on an offensive lineman, a guard, but also in free agency to see if they can try to get themselves a guy. If they're going to spend money in the offseason outside of their own guys, it would be offensive line, bring in a veteran to replace LDT on a cheaper amount and solidify that. Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz are going to be uh, – I think their contracts are up in 2021. So that's going to be something you have to figure out as well. And we can definitely talk about that as time goes on, about yeah. which one we'd rather have. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think the offensive line would be one for sure, for certain. Another one is you have to get better at cornerback because I do believe that Bashad Breeland is going to be gone. Uh, I knew I know the the Bears are big on Kendall Fuller and trying to unite, unite the Fuller brothers. So – the Chiefs are really going to have to figure that one out. They did They did just fine trading for Shervarius Ward. They, they think they gave up Parker Angriger for him, yeah. and, and that was a great trade for the Chiefs, they come to find out. So I, I do think that, that quarterback offensive line would be the first two off my off my top, and if they're not going to take 
uh, a, a weak side linebacker in the first round if they decide to trade out of it. I would like to see the Chiefs try to exercise something like that with a guy that maybe isn't a, a superior free agent at the at the linebacker position, but a guy that can definitely fill in that role and help Anthony Hitchens out because it's been a gaping hole for the majority of the season on that weak side. It's been really bad in the run game. I would like to see the Chiefs do that. So those are my three off the top. I'm sure that's going to change as the draft starts to near. Then we're going to start talking about our draft predictions and things of that nature. That's definitely coming up. But that's where I would attack it. Yeah, for me, it would be linebacker first. I want, we, we need to get a young specimen linebacker here who has fire under his ass. I've been wanting the Chiefs to, Chief to draft a linebacker like that for a while. I know we've had a lot of retread guys. But since DJ, we haven't really drafted a linebacker that's like our guy. And I want to see, I want us to get us like a nice, nasty middle linebackers and go out there and stuff the run and light guys up in the open field and make those open field tackles. I love Hitch. I love raggling those guys, but we've seen it. They've struggled with open field tackles and, and whiffing on big blow up plays that they should hit people in the backfield. Um, I do believe in those guys. We can build around them, but I would like to have a young linebacker guy. And then obviously, second, I would definitely go internal O line. Uh, have some more internal pre, uh, pre, or, uh, protection for Mahomes. Uh, that's important. Give him some more time. Um, just any, any 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 way you can give him the ability to extend the play for another half second or a second half with that extra added pressure or extra added protection from Mahomes is going to be all the world to that this offense. Um, and then third, I would probably go cornerback. I do think we're going to sign a veteran quarterback because even if Breedland's here or not, I think we're going to try to make some noise in the cornerback because I think there's a lot of good corners and DBs, free agents. Period. There's a, I think maybe more than any defensive uh, uh, position in the NFL. There's a lot of DBs yeah. available, a ton. Even with the Mukamura and you know guys like that that are that are available, um, which also could keep the Chiefs out of the sweepstakes for some of these guys because of the fact that the ones that are signed, yeah. a lot of the veterans are making high amounts of money. True. So the the guys that are available are also going to be looking at the market and saying, "Hey, look, this guy." I still I still age. want Patrick Peterson so bad, but I don't That's know. That's not going to happen. Like a one year, two year I, I've deal. I'm giving up on that. Dream. Yeah, we yeah, love he, it. He's right. going to want money, and it, it's going to take a lot to. It's get highly. Him. It's more. It's more likely the Chiefs land Chris Harrison or Chris Harris for 13 million a year yeah, than get Patrick. I'm Peterson. good on. I'm kind of good on the Chris Harris thing, but um, I like him. But yeah, I'm just kind of good on that. Um, but yeah, those are my three positions: the uh, uh, linebacker, inter- internal offensive line, and cornerback. Sweet. Cool. There you guys have it. Thank you all for the questions. Thank we really do appreciate you guys. Um, it's it's I love this segment. Absolutely love the segment because I really feel like you guys are hanging out with us as we do this. So keep bringing the questions every single week. We post them every single Monday. Whatever you guys got does not have to be just Chiefs related, which obviously we do love when we talk Chiefs. But it can be anything. We've had guys talk UFC. We've had boxing. We've had anything that you guys want to talk about. You're passionate about. Bring it our way. And we will give you what we have. And so we're going to leave it. Yeah, you've seen we they can go on uh, questions for you. So oh, hell yeah. Feel free, man. Like I said, <laughs> if we have to dedicate two segments to it, I will do that. Because like I said, this is for you guys. And we enjoy that you guys enjoy that and want to be a part of it. So thank you guys for that so much. Seriously. Um, I do believe we have a segment we like to do a little bit. What's that, guys? What's it called again? It's time to I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L.
is time for Hold This L. Eddie Ortiz, who is holding the L this week? Well, Lance Twinwell, my L is going to uh, a team. Oh, a team. A team. Mm, were they a shit? They were not a shit. <laughs> a team that debuted uh, last week in uh, good old 25-year-old league, at what is known as Major League Soccer. Okay, mm. okay. This team is owned by none other than David Beckham. I'm sure you've you've mm-hmm. heard of him or his wife, Victoria Beckham. Great tats. Great tats. <laughs> Just great be, tats. Be, oh, is he, did he play sports? <laughs> great tats. Yeah. Used, used to be a Spice Girl fan, and that's how he fell in love with this. I'll tell you what I want, mm. what I really, really want, Eddie. What is it? You to get to the fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> I want to build this up. <laughs> so this man, for seven years... Try to get a team in LA. I mean LA, Miami. Fuck. Mm. <laughs> he played for the Galaxy. Back on track, track, Eddie. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he tried to get a, a team in MLS, and Miami was his destination. He thought it was going to take about three years to get a team, get it going, build stadium, whatnot. Seven years later, here we are. About I want to say about a month, a month ago. About a month ago. He signed what is known as his, uh, like, star, you know, like his main guy. He he bought him from a team in, down in Mexico, uh, from Monterrey. He is a, a Mexican national. Uh, his name's Rodolfo Pizarro. Sounds delicious. They they <laughs> had to they had to pay the, the the release clause, which was in the I want to say seventeen million uh, dollar range. He was under contract for two years with this club, with this current club. And with that being said, the the Inter Miami, that is known as Inter Miami, David Beckham's team, could not negotiate directly with the player because it goes against. It's like tampering. Exactly. Yeah. So tampering, they they can't do that mm. because he still had two years under contract. Dumbass. So what does good old David Beckham do? He calls him up and on Facetime. <laughs> and tells him he's going to guarantee him a spot in Europe. <laughs> Those very millennial gotcha. David Beckham. David Beckham. Uh, <laughs> so what does Monterrey do? Obviously, the transaction goes down because they paid the release clause so they can sign the player because they, they paid what they had to pay. So Monterrey, what, what do they do? They go to the governing body, which is known as FIFA, and they put a, 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 a like a like a claim like a complaint. Mm-hmm. FIFA just informed uh, Monterey or Monterrey two days ago that yes, their complaint is valid, and now they're allowed to sue David Beckham. So that's just shit. That's backfired all the way to hell to back <laughs> so, Beckham, man. So with one week in, this man is already dealing with two lawsuits. Because Inter Milan in Italy owns the rights to the name Inter. So nobody can use or, or on marketing or anything the name Inter. So they've also played, placed a lawsuit against David Beckham's team. So this man with one week has two big lawsuits, which one of them he has to more than likely potentially change his name and rebrand his entire oh franchise with one week. Mm. So... I just wanted to I just wanted to ease you guys into to the whole story. Yeah. So for that, 
David Beckham, and the entire organization of Inter Miami, you're going to have to hold this L. L. Two yeah. lawsuits, one L. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Trevor, who is holding the L? Um, my L is going to go to Mike Florio and Chris Sims, uh, the PFF duo, the dynamic duo over there. Um, Great duo. I don't know if you guys saw, there's a little YouTube video that they did on their series where they decided to go and break down for some reason. They wanted to do this segment where they break down uh, the most dominant NFL athletes in the last 20 years list. And Mike Florio listed four and Chris Sims listed three. It was a, uh, they were, they were playing it on 610 a few days ago. I think the beginning of the week and I was listening to it. Um, so like I said, most dominant NFL athletes in the last 20 years. Um, there's a lot of good guys on this list, and I wouldn't have an issue, and I wouldn't even be giving this an L if there, if there wasn't one specific guy that made this list and one specific guy that didn't make this list, simply because one of that guy that made that list is in, doesn't make any sense because one of the, the guy I'm talking about should already be on that list. Anyways, Mike Florio, yeah, I don't, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> Mike Florio, I'll just get to the point. Mike Great Florio, Mike, yeah, yeah, you're, you're welcome. Mike Florio, number one pick, Mike Vick. I'm with that 100%. That's fine. One of the greatest athletes we've ever seen as far as the last 20 years. Absolutely, hands down, no doubt. Uh, Chris Sims, Aaron Donald, I'm with that 100%. Uh, and then I'm not going to say the one that I want to say yet. Number three, Mike Florio went to for Julius Peppers. Absolute freak. No pun intended. Well, pun intended, possibly. Uh, he was a specimen of a man. Great athlete. Um, and then Chris Sims went with Megatron. Fine, warranted. And then he went. And then uh, Mike went with uh, number four. He went with Vince Wolfork. Uh, that one's questionable, but I don't really care. I and mean, that's not really the main reason that one should be replaced with someone else in my mind for sure. Uh, and then Chris Sims ended his with Adrian Peterson, 100% with that one. Um, but number two spot for Mike Florio, our favorite guy. He went with Kyler Murray. Oh, Jesus. So let me tell you the reasons why he picked <laughs> Kyler Murray. This is why he picked Kyler Murray. And you guys all know where I'm going. I don't even because, hear the reason. Because the fact that he picked Kyler Murray and didn't mention Patrick Mahomes in this in this segment. If you're going to mention Kyler Murray in this in this situation, I don't know. I know I know Kyler Murray may be a slightly better athlete overall, but let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the reasons why he picked Kyler Murray. He picked. He was number one in the NFL draft. Has nothing to do with his athleticism. Now, obviously, it does. But the fact that he was picked at a position doesn't mean his. That doesn't show his athleticism. Okay, that's his number one reason. Number two, he was a top pick in the ML- MLB draft. Fine, that shows he's a, he's a he's a he's a uh, um he can do he can play in multiple sports. That's fine. He's a, he's a multiple sport athlete. Fine. Who else is a multiple sport athlete? I think we know. Um, he thinks that Kyler could take the league by storm. This is the most comical, ironic part that he said. He thinks that Kyler can take the league by storm the way that Patrick Mahomes did in 2018. So the guy that he's comparing to is the guy that should be on the list instead of Kyler Murray which is ironic to me. It doesn't make any sense why he's, he's saying he could take the league by a storm by the guy that should be on the list instead of Kyler Murray. Anyways, the number four reason he said he should is this is <laughs> this one's a little fun. He says the ball explodes out of his hand and the ball explodes into the hands of the receivers. Praising him on his versatility. Mahomes, we've obviously, we've obviously, seen, we've obviously seen the video evidence of Mahomes playing basketball. He's an absolute baller ever since he played sports. He was really good at basketball. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Like I feel like he's just like, it felt, uh, felt intentional. Like he was describing Mahomes, but he's putting Kyler Murray, who's proven shit in this league and has played one year. And and, and this is, I'm just saying, so Mahomes balls out of basketball. Obviously, we all know we've seen the foot of him playing at Lifetime Fitness and playing as a kid. He's always been a good basketball player. He's a Super Bowl champ, for Christ's sake. Right? He's already proven to be the best at the best in, in the NFL, the, the game that we're talking about. 
Uh, and obviously is extremely talented at baseball and can golf really well. And we've seen videos of him playing golf. Oh, hold the fuck on. Did, did, did Florio mention golf? No, I'm, oh, mentioning, okay. I'm mentioning. I'm mentioning. I'm making sure that we're not still. No, no. I'm mentioning. I'm mentioning. I'm mentioning the fact that he, he said all those things about. I would uh, walked off the set. I'm mentioning the things that he said about. I already mentioned the things he said about Kyler. Yeah. Now I'm mentioning yeah. what Mahomes does really well. Obviously, he's a multiple sport talent. Fair obviously, he was. He was obviously. He was also in the draft of the MLB. MLB the, I believe the Texans were trying to take him. Um, well, the Texans play football. You well, not the Texans. Yeah. Texas, Texas Rangers. Yeah, I always, I, just, I, just, I always yeah. do that. I always do that. Um, anyways, so yeah, he can also play golf, right? He has a, he has a natural mechanics for golf. We've seen his swing, and it's really he's always he's obviously a natural, and he also can hit light switches. No look with the with the toy axe. <laughs> We've all seen that video too. No look while he's playing a video game. The dude's an absolute phenom. He's, all, he's also the, been Santa in a he's commercial. All, he's also yeah. He's also the, the best. Twenty pound glasses. And we're also talking about the best football, the current best current football player in the league. And you're going to talk about a guy that just can, that just finished his rookie season and missed the playoffs. That's right. that's that's where you're going to put him. You're going to put him in number two. Yeah. So I just I don't Bad. I don't understand how you're going to have Vince Wilfork in your list and Kyler Murray in your list. Julius Peppers and Mike Vick. I'm 100 there with you. You probably put Wilfork in there because Wilfork also does eating competitions. So that's like athletic, I guess. <laughs> and then Chris Sims some, in that video is like, oh yeah, uh, I remember that that video where Vince Wilfork on that uh, some TV show. He was like shooting baskets and he was making jump shots. I'm like. Is it you guys are professionals, or this is what this is what we're using as criteria? Well, and to the Kyler Murray part, the the, the point he's making about that, even if you don't want to use Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. That's, no, no, he mentions like, Russell Wilson, but he's like, yeah, he's the better version of that's Kyle, what I'm Kyler saying. Murray. Kyler Murray hasn't proven anything. I know he got offensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year. That's fine, man. But how yeah. are you going to mention all those things that Mahomes exceeds? He, Mahomes does the same thing and is is better at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe not. Maybe maybe he's not a better baseball player, but he's still a versatile athlete who played baseball and was bred as a baseball player to begin with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And his his last love was football, and all of a sudden his last love was football, and he just took the whole entire league of the best of the best by storm, and he's the best of the best now. Yeah, and you're not going to leave him off that. You're going to leave him off that list. So, listen, Mike Florio, Chris Sims. Uh, I just threw Chris Sims in there too because he left him out on the list as well. I wouldn't even have used him if they if, if they wouldn't have mentioned Kyler Murray. This wouldn't even be a segment for me right now. If Kyler Murray was on this list. I just felt a little perturbed by that. And a little turned off. I just and it had to be Mike Florio's list. That's his, that's that's the that's the thing that turned me off the most is it had to be this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's had this little bias against us. So Mike Florio, Chris Sims, PFF, your little cute little duo up there is doing shitty videos. You guys can do me a favor and hold this. Hell. Yeah. You should join a metal band or something. As a cannibal corpse over here. Um I had man, I had a few. I, I really, I really had to even to like this very second. Like I really wanted to go with Melvin Gordon because of the fact Ooh. that not only the Chargers just extend uh, Austin Eckler, but Melvin Gordon's hold off last season literally just fucked him. There was nothing good that came for that. He missed out on playing football last season that could have helped them get to the playoffs or at least be a better team. I'm not going to say playoffs, but they could have been a better team. Yeah, uh, did not get him any more money. And now he's not going to be with the Chargers, and I don't know what the market's going to be for Melvin Gordon in the NFL. I mean, I'm sure he's going to make a team somewhere because he's good, oh, yeah. but I don't see him going out there and getting $12, 15000000 million a season. I just don't see it happening. So he totally fucked himself. That's not my L, though. Oh. <sighs> Look, man, it, it takes a real skill set to be bad at sports for long periods of time as a franchise. It, there, it's a whole nother ball game when you can manage to fuck the relationship up with your biggest fan, period. And I'm talking about you, the New York Knicks. For the love of God, Spike Lee has been nothing but a blind 
blindly loyal supporter of yours <laughs> for 30 years. The dude spends 300 grand a year on his season tickets. 300 grand. Yeah, he's a millionaire. That's still that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. And for a shit show. If you missed the story this week, let me give you a little bit of a nutshell version. Well, listen up, kids. I actually did miss it. So so Spike Lee this week, this last week, as uh, this is reporting, this is reported by him, and there's video evidence of this actually taking place. Was attending the NBA the, a, a game. I, I don't remember who they were facing. I apologize. I know that it was a it ended up being a great game, and the Knicks won by like the final the final possession. So they, this whole this whole thing took it away. He does his normal routine. Goes through the employee uh, entrance. They they scan his ticket. He goes in the elevator. As soon as he's in the elevator, a security guard tries to stop him and says, "You have to get out of the elevator." Of course, Spike Lee says, "Fuck that." Yeah. I'm already in the elevator. I just got my scan, my ticket scan. I'm going up to the fourth floor, which is where the game is played. Gets to the fourth floor. As soon as they open the door, he says he he gets treated by these security guards running at him as if he stole something from Macy's. So there's this video. It's a very short video of somebody. I don't know who did it. Get them their credit. Of Spike basically exchanging shouts with these security guards saying, I'm not going off because basically what the security guards told him as he got off on the fourth floor was they've changed their policy that celebrities and other special guests and other fans are not allowed any longer to go through the employee entrance. They have to go through the VIP entrance. So what they were telling Spike was, not only are you not allowed to do that anymore, you actually need to turn around and go into the elevator, go back down to the first floor, walk two blocks around the stadium, and go through the VIP entrance. And, v- and, and, and Spike Lee was lit- you got to be fucking kidding When he said you can't scan your ticket twice, so he knows that if he would have went out there, he already had a ticket. They're pretty much telling him you're not going to be able to get back. You're basically not going to come back in the game. He was too smart to know. So he basically danced around that. Right. So he ends up leaving the stadium, and he goes on first take in these other shows and tells them, I'm not going back to another Knicks game this year. So this this is already just useless, unbelievably frivolous drama that the Knicks did not need, right? Fucking so you, you would think you would think any franchise worth their weight would come out and say, "We, you know, this was a misunderstanding. We apologize to Spike. We appreciate his loyalty. He's been nothing but great to our fan base. He's done this and this and this." No, no, no. No, instead what the Knicks do is they decide to shit on Spike Lee and, and basically say they use words laughable, accuse him of knowing about the new policy, and basically shit all upon him and try to make him look bad. They're, they're, even their Knicks PR starts releasing photos of Spike Lee and James Dolan, the piece of shit owner that they have that kicks young fans out for saying sell the team. You know, shit like that. Of James Dolan and Spike Lee shaking hands at the game, trying to make it seem as if they were patching up with so Spike controlling Lee. the narrative, controlling yeah. the narrative, and all it did was make them look even worse. I don't know how the Knicks, in the biggest sports market in the world, continue to find ways to make themselves look like bigger dumb shits every single year. Yeah, this team hasn't been out of the first round of the playoffs in twenty seasons. It's been since 1999 with guys that aren't even alive anymore that were on that team. And they're finding ways to fuck it up with the biggest supporter. Like, if you look at Spike, it's so funny. He was on first take, and he's wearing Knicks gear talking about this. He Mm. still loves the team loyally. It's so funny because if you look at Spike Lee at any given time, no matter where he's at, no matter what he's doing, 
He looks like a Knicks gift shop threw up on him. <laughs> and they're going to go against that guy. It, this is funny. Jenna Wolf from First Things First, even initially, she worked with the she worked in that French, I think, for like two years. And she said that the VIP entrance that they told him to go to is actually the more prestigious, cooler-looking entrance. So more people are going to be, oh, Luke is going through the VIP entrance. Spike Lee didn't want that. He's just so used to going through the quote-unquote employee entrance. Well, then he talked about how he if, he if he misses one payment for his season tickets, he'll get an email or a phone call right away. But, but he's he, had he no never email. Got, yeah, nothing about changing the entrance. He challenged them on national television. Yeah. Show the text. Show the, show the email. Show any type of message you sent me regarding this new policy. Yeah. He he literally challenged them. You know you know what the Knicks have posted about that since? Not a goddamn thing. Mm. They've not shown one shred of evidence. They've told him one fucking thing. I'm not a Knicks fan. I don't give two shits about the team. I am fired up about this because I know what it's like to be a loyal fan to a team that yeah. breaks your heart every fucking. Yeah, James Dolan's got to go, man. This this is an embarrassment. He's bad. And because of that, because of that, and I'm standing for Spike Lee. Spike Lee's never going to hear this. He don't give two shits about what we have to say. But I'm standing up for you tonight, brother. Because my God, you made he got game, and I love you forever for that. Hell so in yeah. 25th hour too, by the way, that's a great movie by Edward Norton. American History X. Yep. God, yeah, there's no shit. That's my all-time favorite movie. New York Knicks, you fucking suck. And because of that, I got a gift for you. Do me a favor and hold this <laughs> bitches. Real quick before we get out of here, I want to I want to throw this out there because this this is something that hits near and dear to my heart. Um, this is something that happened this week. If you guys don't, if you're not a follower of the Jayhawks, KU KU, KU basketball, um, there's a really cool story that's taking place that's kind of fallen under the radar for a long period of time. But uh, as you know, the, the, the Jayhawks made the final four last season and uh, Yudoka Azabuki, the starting center for the, for the Jayhawks finally got to see his mom for the first time since he was 12. Yep. He's 20, I think mean, 21 years old now. So that was almost a 10 year gap between seeing his own mother from Africa. And this week, uh, Yudoka Azabuki got a t- chance to talk to the crowd, and he wanted to talk to them about something that I believe should motivate all of us and move us all to emotions because this is regarding his mother and what could potentially happen uh, this season. So give it a listen real quick. I want to I give a shout-out to my mom. I know she's not here. Um, my mom, is, she's, she's back in Nigeria. And, um, and uh, the only time I get to see her was, uh, was the final four. And... Um, that was the only time I get out. I've seen her in a, in a minute. And uh, it's it been like seven, eight years since I saw her. So um, I want to tell you guys that we'll go to the Final Four this year. I get to see her. So, so Jayhawk Nation, Jayhawk Nation, let's go to Atlanta. Let's go. <laughs> even if you're not a Jayhawk fan, even if you're not a basketball fan, even if you're not a college fan, it, it doesn't matter. That is... Man, that, that moved me to tears the first time I heard that, and it might move me to tears again because regardless of what your relationship is with your parents, there ain't nothing like that, man. And and I could not imagine not only leaving my home country and going across the pond to a place I don't know, around people I don't know, but not having the person that clearly matters the most to you, Doka, clearly would matter the most to me. I could not imagine that. I'm not trying to leave, leave this show on a somber note, somber note because we've had a lot of fun tonight. But damn, man, I really wanted to end that end the show on that note because that motivated the fuck out of me to be the best at I, what I can do, to be, make others proud of me, the people that I know are looking to me and looking at me for inspiration or the people that have inspired me. I want to I want to do good by them. And my God, that, that that motivated me. And it, like I said, it moved me to tears. And I'm going to I'm absolutely rooting for you, Doka. 
in this tournament. He's played his best basketball this season. He's yep. been absolutely dominant over this last month especially. Man, it would be so great to see him get to the Final Four again and see his mother. I am so rooting for that. I know that even 610 had mentioned about trying to do a GoFundMe for him. I would absolutely 100% donate to that to get his mom to come out here and see him, regardless if they make the Final Four or not. I want to see families unified. Yep. And this is such a great sports story. It is such a great sports story. It touched me beyond belief, man. And again, if you want to go watch that full video again, definitely go do that if you have nothing but time to cut onions, I guess. But I wanted to share that as a little send-off to remind you guys why we do this shit, man. It's because we're, we we want to make other people proud, man. We want to, you know, show the others that, you know, that like I said, look up to us or that we look up to to show them we're working our hardest. Yudoko Azabuke has gone through so much shit. And again, is in a city, in a country around people he does not know and is not familiar with and is doing what he's doing. And I am so damn proud of him. And I am, I know his mother's feeling the same way, man. So this is a great story. And I hope you guys all enjoy that. Definitely go read into that. Definitely go watch the video again. I don't know how the dude didn't burst into tears in front of the crowd like that, but the man is, the man is a man amongst boys. So, um, that is it. That is it for us tonight, man. We really do appreciate, again, all you guys who participate in the Monday Mailbag. Love the new Eddie Hour. Uh, we're going to continue that going. We're going to keep talking Chiefs football. We're going to talk NBA playoffs as that comes about. We're going to talk March Madness. And I hope you guys are excited as fuck as we are next week because we have Arrowhead Pride's very own, the mind behind Arrowhead Pride, the mastermind behind Arrowhead Pride. Well, I don't want to give him too much credit, but our guy Kent Swanson, is coming on the show this very next week. He's going to be in the Foolish Club studio. It's been a while since our guy Ken has been on. I didn't want to bother him because he's been out of town, We're, you know, watching the draft, watching the, the, the combine, rather, getting ready for all that. Guys, definitely go buy AP's draft guide. It is the best in the business by far. Craig Stout, Matt Lane, uh, Pete, all those guys, man, they, they absolutely Detail, kill it. Yep. It's so detailed. It's where you want to go for all things Chiefs-related draft, uh, draft stock. Where they're gonna go, what they're gonna utilize, what they're gonna, how they're gonna utilize the draft picks, definitely hit them up. But we're gonna have our guy in studio next week. Could not be more excited about that. You should be excited about it because it's gonna be an absolute blast. I want us to take a toll on how many times Ken Swanson's gonna say cheeks and <laughs> when he gets here because he loves to say cheeks. I say ass, he likes cheeks. We're both the same though. So on that, for episode fifty-four, for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, for Clay Windler, our producer, the mind, the mastermind behind Red Tribe Cinema. I am Lance Twidwell. Thank you all so much. Follow us on the Foolish Club. Follow us on the Spoken Pod and on Spoke on the Facebook group, The Spoken. But until next time for episode 55, we out of this bitch. Later. See ya. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the spoke. I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.